Welcome to Whores Talk Whore. We're not really whores. We just like wordplay. Hello and welcome to Whores Talk Horror. I'm Sharon. And I'm Melinda. Today we have a super controversial topic to talk about. We are going to be discussing the film Halloween Kills. <laughs> so if you have not seen the film, here is your warning now. Spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. We are going to be discussing everything. Uh, joining us in our discussion today, we have one of our favorite guests. He is an award-winning voiceover actor and is one of the writers, directors, and producers of the amazing fan film and unofficial sequel to the original Black Christmas movie titled It's Me, Billy. He is also a huge fan of the original Halloween movie and has made many Halloween fan films, which is exactly why I wanted him to come on the show <laughs> and talk about this with us. So please welcome back to the show, Dave McRae. Thank you very much, ladies, for having me on. I thought you were going to say when you first began, you were going to say, uh, and we are, we have a controversial ho uh, guest today. Uh, <laughs> and I was thinking, I'm controversial, really? Okay. Uh, no, but seriously, yeah, uh, thanks for having me on. This is great. I'm glad, uh, always happy to talk uh, horror and uh, Halloween, of course. Yeah. All right. So the way I think we're going to do the discussion, um, we're each going to go around quickly and just say, you love the film, you hated the film, it was okay. And then we're basically going to start from the beginning of the movie and kind of work our way through. You know, we'll talk about what we liked, disliked, you know, whatever you want to bring up. Um, we're going to keep it somewhat organized and also civil. So no name calling, Mindy. No, I, I, I'm good to go. I have things to talk about, but I can keep it civil. I just am really excited because... Dave is like kind of a Halloween expert and Sharon, you're no slouch. And I'm kind of a newbie, really. I don't know the franchise as well. So I'm really excited about all of our perspectives on this and where this is going to take us. Well, I was referring to the fact that the last time we recorded together when we did trivia, every time I got an answer right, you called me a bitch. Well, so that, <laughs> that was a completely different circumstance. <laughs> so please don't call Dave a bitch. Uh, yeah, don't please don't That's call okay. Dave a bitch. It's all right. <laughs> All right, so Dave, start us off. Briefly, what did you think of the film? Well, it's hard for me to um, just give a yay or a nay um, mm. because I'm a very nuanced person. Um, I will say I didn't hate it. <laughs> okay. But I didn't particularly like it. I liked aspects of it. I will say Fair that. enough. Okay. Fair enough. Mini, I, I would agree with Dave, um, but I would probably say that I more hated it. Um, but there were definitely aspects of it that I did like, um, and there were there's quite a bit that I had a lot, a lot, a lot of issues with. Mm -hmm. um, so that that I, I'm gonna have to go more towards hate. Sorry, Michael Myers. All right, that's fair enough. Um, I think my immediate reaction when I saw it in the theater afterwards, I said, I loved it. So I guess, you know, I'll be the only one on that side of the table. Well, um, I did rewatch it last night, did not enjoy it as much. I don't know if it was because it was a theater experience or, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it more in our discussion, mm -hmm. but did you... It looked like you had something oh, to say, so, Dave. No, oh. I, I was just going to say, I, I actually don't disagree with with that assessment. I, I think it's because the 
the I don't know if we're going to get into it now. Are we going to get into it? Go now? for it. Sure. Now? Okay. Well, I was just going to say that um, I had the chance of seeing Halloween 18 at the world premiere here in Toronto at TIFF. And uh, so I got a chance to see it about six weeks before most people did. And I went in with extremely high expectations because you are making a direct sequel to the original film and the original film only. So there are certain character continuity and certain things that I expect to see carried over from that first movie into the into the uh, uh, sequel. Not a carbon copy, but but something that was, um, you know, the, the, the way it's shot, the way it looks, uh, certain lighting choices, uh, the way Michael behaves, his MO, all that kind of stuff. And I was very disappointed when I walked out of Halloween 18. I didn't hate the movie. I still don't hate it. I think it's a good modern day horror film, but I don't particularly think it's a great Halloween movie in all the ways that, you know, in, in terms of, uh, you know, Again, the way it looks, the way it's shot, the way Michael behaves. I thought 18 was largely void, not completely void, but largely void of any real suspense or, you know, mood and atmosphere. It did have some, but that's how I felt. And I was like, I was disappointed. You know, it was good. It was good. It was fine. But I don't know, you know, it it, it needed more of that thing. You know what I mean? When I think Mm -hmm. about it being a direct sequel to the original and the original only. So over the last three years, I was really tempering my expectations. And I know people tend to say that and they don't really do it. They, they, I, I believe that people intend to do that. They want to do that. But then they get in the theater and the music begins and then they're like, oh my God, here it is. You know, and they just can't help themselves. So uh, I was able to catch an early screening of Halloween Kills in Toronto with Bruce only about two days before it was released to everybody. And so we went down and uh, I went in really with no, I did my best. I'm just, you know what? I just want to watch this. Just, I don't want to be disappointed again. I just want to, I'm going to treat this like it's a ride. So it's like I'm on a ride at an amusement park and whatever they throw up, you know, throw at me, I'm just going to take. I'm not going to overanalyze. I'm not going to overintellectualize. I'm just going to, you know, take it as is. Because when you're on an amusement park ride, you know, you're generally not, nitpicking well he doesn't exactly look like him no you're just enjoying (laughs) what it is you understand that this is a haunted house or it's a display or it's somebody's halloween display and they're just dressed up as michael and it's like well he's a little you know i mean it's just it is what it is so that's how i wanted to treat it and that's how i did i did notice all the issues that i had with it on first watch but I put them in the back of my head because I just wanted to enjoy the experience. And when we went to uh, myself and Bruce afterwards, we were walking back to Dundas Square in Toronto, which is like Toronto's little Times Square. And we did a live video from there. And I said the same thing. I said, you know what? I really enjoyed it. I said, I had a good time. I had fun watching the movie. I had Mm -hmm. more fun watching kills on first watch than I did 18. And I think that's largely because... I had no expectations. And so anyways, I know that's a really long-winded way of saying, I understand what Sharon is talking about, you know, on that first watch, just kind of really having fun with it, you know, and enjoying it and not overthinking it too much. Mm -hmm. I I just put my hand up just to be like, yes, on that point. (laughs) But I, I I wanted to say that I actually watched it in 4K in my pajamas in my living room. And I do think had I had seen this movie in a packed theater with a bunch of hardcore Halloween fans that were there ready to scream and yell at the, the, the you know, pe- people about to get killed and all that, that would have been a much more fun experience for me. Um, so I, I do think possibly 
viewing it at home by myself wasn't the best choice, but like you had also mentioned, there are just certain things that I couldn't get around and couldn't Yeah, and, get we'll, over. and we'll get into all those things. Yeah. But yeah, to be fair, there was like five other people in the theater with Spencer and I. We went on like a Friday afternoon, but I, I totally, I went in with, I went in with the same expectations that you just stated, Dave. I also was like, I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm going to have fun. And they threw so many Easter eggs and nods to the original that I was like, yes, yes. And we'll, we'll, so let's just get into all that right now. As I say, they threw stuff. That's for damn sure. (laughs) They did. All right. So Halloween Kills starts basically where the 2018 movie leaves off. But instead of starting with Lori, Karen, Allison, or Michael, it starts with the more minor characters, Cameron, Oscar, who's hanging dead on the fence, and we learn that Deputy Hawkins is still alive. I personally was expecting it to open with the fire and seeing mm-hmm. Michael escaping a fiery death, but it went into a different direction. How do both of you feel about the way the film opened? Dave, you go first. Um, I didn't mind how it opened, actually. I, I, I actually think that uh, Hawkins, uh, I'm glad he survived uh, because I think Will Patton is a terrific character actor and I think he is probably the best actor in this movie. Um, I think he, you know, even when he's saying absurd things, you know, in, in, <laughs> in terms of the, the, the dialogue that is asked of him to, to say, right. he's such a good character actor that he, he, you believe him. I can't say that for everybody else, but we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's a movie. Would he have survived? I got the impression that Dr. Sartain stabbed him in the jugular and that he probably would have bled out in a matter of minutes. So the chances of it being, he's, he's, he would have probably been dead if this was real life. But nonetheless, he was alive and he survived. And um, I didn't mind that. And then, of course, what he said there is that, you know, evil must die. You know, it must die as he's kind of, you know, camera, evil must die. And then we go right into the flashback. So I, um, I didn't mind it. I didn't, no, it didn't, it didn't bother me. At this point, I will say that the first, you know, 15 minutes or so of the film, I think is pretty strong. And it's sort of after, after the flashback where it starts to kind of just, it can just this downward turn in terms of pacing and, and weird stuff, which of course we'll talk about, but uh, I didn't mind how it opened. No. I have one quick thing to say before you say what you thought of the opening. (laughs) I will say that in nursing school, I was taught by one of my instructors that if you really want to kill someone quickly, you stab them in the carotid and not the jugular. They will bleed out much faster. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Well, excuse me, Miss Nurse. I'm just saying, you know, (laughs) filmmakers might not know this. So maybe he was stabbed in the jugular, not the carotid. And that's why he survived. That's a very good point. That's a a very good point. No, that's a very good point. Thank you. It's good to know. It's good to know. Let me just write that down. <laughs> or if you're ever like being attacked by a Mike Myers esque killer, right. you can remember that right. fact and save right. yourself. Yeah. Or maybe he speaks. I'm gonna stab you here and not here because you <laughs> faster. Yeah, that's great. That's a, well, thank. No, that that's a, maybe it's that's that's a detail that uh, yeah. Or the or the writers were just like, no, we just want to bring him back. <laughs> or they miss both arteries altogether. Arteries, exactly. veins. Yeah. Yeah. Entirely possible. I think you both put way too much thought into it than the writers even did. Um, That's our job, Mindy. All right, yeah. Mindy, what, what did you think at the beginning? So here's my first question for both of you, because I've 
I'm very familiar with the original Halloween, but it has mm-hmm. been a minute since I've seen it. But mm-hmm. Hawkins, in terms of, as far as we know, is to us a new character, right? Yes. Um, so I actually um, am going to get to that um, if you just want to put a pin in that yeah um, because I, I have a whole because the exposition yeah I get that yeah. but I was like he wasn't in the original well, right actually, you know no. what? I'll, I'll bring it up right now so yeah. so after the opening where we're you know reintroduced to Cameron Oscar Hawkins um, they do the flashback scene to 78 and we learn a little bit more about who Hawkins is because in Halloween 2018 Dr. Sartain says quote did you know Hawkins was the first responding deputy when Michael Myers was apprehended in 1978? End quote. Right. But we don't really learn anything else about him in that movie. So that's what kills fills in the backstory. That's what the whole flashback scene is about. And then you also have a nice cameo from Jim Cummings. Mm -hmm. There's a reference to the dead dog in the Myers house, which is a nod to the 78 film. And we also learn a bit more about Lonnie, who is also a character in the 78 film. Um, So yeah. What did you think about the, the flashback scene then Dave? I thought in terms of the set design, I thought it was terrific. I I thought um, it really, felt like Halloween 1978. And they did a tremendous job at recreating the Myers house. The details, as you mentioned, in terms of, you know, the dead dog and the uh, the drain pipe or whatever it was that was, um, I forget what that thing is there, but it, it, it hits the window in the original film and scares mm-hmm. Dr. Loomis and, and Brackett. That detail is hanging there. I mean, that's something that, you know, might you know, it, it wouldn't have surprised me if it was overlooked, but at the same time, I'm not surprised that they were able to nail it as well because it is a detail that should be there. Um, I thought everything looked tremendous, the way it was lit, the the alleys, um, the alleyway that that uh, they were able to choose because this was shot, I believe, in North Carolina, maybe South Carolina, North Carolina, I think. I think North the first Carolina. one was South Carolina and this was North Carolina. They found a neighborhood with an alleyway that looks very much like the alleyways in Halloween 2 from 1981, even though that movie's no longer canon. Of course, it, it gives that small town sort of wartime home neighborhood kind of feel. And uh, so that looked great. I thought Aaron Armstrong, who who portrayed Michael Myers uh, for the flashback, looked great. Uh, the way he was moving, um, I thought the mask looked great. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, everything about the flashback was really solid and really well done. So much so that a lot of Halloween fans have been saying, you know, it's too bad we couldn't have watched a whole movie in this time period. That would have been, that would have upped the budget to do a period piece. It's one thing to do, you know, 10 minutes. It's another thing to do 90 minutes. Um, and of course that doesn't necessarily mean that would have been the right thing to do because it worked and it worked really well because it was quick. You know, you were in and out. Um, the longer you stay in that in that world, the more chances you have to mess it up. But I thought the flashback was great. You know, because I was somebody that said um, when I when they announced that they were going to do a flashback, I was I was skeptical. And the reason why I was skeptical is because in a very either a very early draft and this is true because this was covered by bloody disgusting and i know that christopher nelson who's the special effects makeup artist on the film uh during a podcast that he uh does with sean clark the thing with two heads somebody had asked him about this and he said there was no truth to it but i don't know but this came from bloody disgusting and it came from an interview with John Carpenter. So I don't know, maybe Chris is unaware of it. I mean, 
just because you work on a movie doesn't mean you know everything that happens behind the scenes, right? So, uh, but that being said, it is a very early draft uh, of the original film, 2018 I'm talking about. Uh, They were going to redo the ending of the original movie Something to the effect, I don't know if it, if it was just an idea or if it was actually a very early draft, but nonetheless it existed where they were going to have Michael kill Dr. Loomis uh, and Laurie's the one that shoots him out the window. Now that never made it to obviously a later draft. It never made it there. But that's why at the end of 18, w- when you look at Laurie's bedroom, it is the layout of the bedroom is very much like the layout of the Doyle house bedroom at the end of the first movie, where the balcony is, where the closet is, where the bed is. That was a set that they had built because they were going to reshoot the ending of the original film. So I was very skeptical that they were going to play in this world because I thought, Jesus, you, you could really fuck this up. You know, I'm like, what are you going to do here, right? I was very pleased with how they handled it, especially that they were extending and creating a, a story to a character that is new. You know, how are you going to mess this? You know, are, are you going to mess it up? Are you not going to mess it up? I thought, I thought it was handled with class and uh, it looked really, really good. And I love that they ended on the shot of them, uh, probably was a drone. Uh, or actually, no, it was in a studio, so it might have been on a on a jib, uh, on a crane maybe. But but they they ended with Michael on the front lawn with the cops there pulling backwards like they did at the end of 1963 when he was a cl- mm-hmm. in uh, in the um, clown costume. So I thought that mm-hmm. was a nice touch. Anyway, I know I'm talking a lot, but hey, uh, that's how I felt about it. I thought it was I thought it was really really well done. That that okay. again that first ten to fifteen minutes solid. Okay. Well, so I this kind of leads me to. One of the other issues, bigger issues I had with the film in general, I agree that on a technical level, the flashbacks were phenomenal, I thought. I thought they really did nail, like for a second I was, I actually was kind of going to text Sharon and be like, do they have old footage from Carpenter that they were able to get able to get a hold of? Like it really, it looked great. And overall, I would say I was a huge fan of like the lighting and cinematography in general throughout the whole movie. That being said, and again, this leads to something we'll get to later, but I'm like thinking to myself, how necessary, though, is it to build in all these extra characters? And yes, we're talking about the kids that were there in the original film. And again, we'll get to it, but um, like newcomers to the franchise don't have the relationship with any of these people in the flashback or even later. And those of us who are familiar, it's been how many years since we've seen them. So I I didn't have a connection to that. Like I thought it was technically well done, but I was kind of going, well, this looks really great, but why are we talking about them? And where's Lori and what happened? Like, you know, like Sharon said, I wanted to go back to the house on fire and Mm -hmm. be like, where's Michael? Um, I'll, I'll get into that more later, but that that but on a technical level, I thought it looked stunning. It, it I did, thought yeah. it looked really great. It looked right out of the original. But you have to understand too, this is the bridge between the first and the last part of this movie. So you can't like shoot your load <laughs> like you know in the in the second film like you can't I think you need to take your time with Laurie's character. That's why that didn't really bother me. And also if Donald Pleasance was still alive, he would have been in this and they probably would not have written the character of Hawkins. And well, I, I don't love- know if he would have been in it because 
Donald Pleasance, you know, I have to remember that the, the, the actor himself was 60 in 1978. Yeah. So you fast forward 40 years, he's 100. So he probably would not have well, been in it. Yeah, but, well, okay, that's a good point. But if he was young enough to be in it, you know, if, right. he, if there was a way to make his character, which, I mean, he actually was in it, which is my favorite part of the flashback. That wasn't him. That was a dude. I know. Yeah. It was so, um, you know, they Tom bring Tom Jones Jr., yeah, Tom Jones Jr., but also the voice was done by Colin Mahan or Mahan. So it was one actor playing the role and then another actor doing the voice, which they could have totally been cheap and just done like CGI or something. Like, I think yeah. I really appreciate the extra effort that they put yeah. into it yeah, by it actually. And I I thought, thought it was CGI. I was like, how did they do I this? I did too. I also thought, is this old footage yeah, from same. Carpenter? And they just redid the audio. I'm like, how how was this done? I was so shocked when I found out it was a lookalike. Um, I thought that was amazing. But that, you know, he's he's a fan favorite from the original. So I think it was great for them to yes. include that um, and, and make him part of the film. But I, you know, because so many of the characters are old or dead or whatever, I think you had to bring some new life into it which, you know, they're probably going to do, you know, they're definitely going to do with Scream. I mean, you're going to have all these new characters who are not going to be related to the original, you know, Sydney and and Gail and everything. So it, to me, that didn't really bother me because I yeah. kind of expect it when you are going to remake, well, it's not technically a remake, but when you're going to <laughs> reboot, reboot or make a third iteration of this franchise now. I, I, and I see your point, but... Um, Lori got completely sidelined, which we'll talk about more, I think. And I would have been happier if they would have spent more of the time on Lori and developing her character and other parts of the story, which we can, we'll get to. Which I think on. is going to be in Halloween Ends. I, I mean, I don't know. Once <laughs> yeah, again. but... I, uh, Nobody's I, been called a bitch yet, though. This is good. Yeah, this is yeah, good. good. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the keyword. All right. Any uh, final thoughts on the uh, flashback scene before we move on to the bar scene? Uh, no, no, no I, I've, I, I, yeah, I thought it was uh, very well done. So I think, I think I've said all I had to say. All right. So next we have the bar scene where we're introduced to Tommy Doyle, now played by Anthony Michael Hall. We have Lindsay Wallace played by Kyle Richards, who is the original actress who plays Lindsay in the 78 film. We have Lonnie, played by Mike Flanagan favorite, Robert Longstreet. And, and I'll, be, I'll be honest, I didn't even remember that character. I know they said he was mentioned in the original Halloween, but I didn't remember him at all. He's the boy that picks on Tommy Wallace in the original. They, yeah, he is, it's a very Tommy small, Doyle. yeah. Oh, sorry, what did I say? Wallace. Tommy did Wallace. I say Tommy Wallace? Yep. Yeah. Um, I still knew, knew what you meant anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and Mindy, that's your fault for not watching the original before you saw it again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got to refresh I, yourself, man. I did double feature 2018 and then Halloween Kills, actually. That's how I watched it. And let me tell you, that was an intense evening. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> um, and then we also have Nurse Marion, played by Nancy Stevens, who I wasn't aware she was alive, but that <laughs> I thought was a great surprise for fans. Um, and then Tommy gives his speech to the crowd at the bar. So... Thoughts on the way the film reintroduced us to these characters from the original and also any thoughts on Tommy's speech, Dave? <laughs> well, here's where the, the slide starts. So, uh, okay. um, you know, it, 
thinking at it or thinking about it from a writing perspective. And, you know, it is always fun to reintroduce characters uh, that we fell in love with, that we know, that we have some sort of emotional attachment to. And there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. If actors are still alive and you find reasons to capitalize on bringing them back, I mean, you know, that that might be fun, right? And if they're willing to do it, that might be fun. I remember when I met Charles Cyphers at the 40th anniversary Halloween convention in Pasadena in 2018, uh, I think I had asked him something about acting or whatever he's like no no i'm not acting anymore well all of a sudden he winds up on halloween kills right you know <laughs> money 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 no uh but i mean you know well. it's, it's always yeah you never know but it's always fun right and i get that the problem is is that when you have a bunch of legacy characters and you have an ensemble uh you run the risk of um you know sort of sh- shortchanging the point of them being there and having them things for them to do. Um, It's nice to see them. That's cool because that gets the feels. That's the nostalgia feel. That's great. But that's for the hardcore fan, right? The casual movie fan or even the casual horror fan doesn't even know who the fuck these people are and doesn't even care about them, right? Like a perfect example is the shot of bracket in the hospital well we know as soon as we see him oh that's charles cyphers that's bracket the camera then uh tilts down to show the name tag uh bracket well who exactly is that for because we as halloween fans already know who he is and if you don't know who he is you're not going to know who bracket is anyway so it almost feels kind of like you know i mean i i get why they did that but you know that's how i think about it so but going back to the bar scene you know, I I have trouble believing that these characters would be spending every Halloween together, uh, getting together every Halloween and quote unquote celebrating, I guess. Uh, when I look at Nurse Marion uh, and, and part of the problem here, I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but part no, of the I, problem. I'm agreeing with everything. Part of the problem, I think. I understand why they got rid of Halloween 2 from 1981. I understand why. And I think I might have done the same thing. Um, Because they wanted to get rid of the brother-sister arc, which was introduced in that film. I get that. They wanted to... And then, of course, how do you explain... I mean, he's on fire. He's a raging inferno at the end. He had his eyes shot out. How do you... When you want to go back to the roots and create something a little more grounded, how do you explain that? Right. How do you explain him still being there? I totally understand. It probably was the best thing to do. However, when you are creating a story now, the deeper we go into these films about the the legacy and the trauma and the this and the and the and the and you know the footprint and how he's affected everybody in the town and everything, it's hard for me. And again, I've said on my own channel, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a psychiatrist. Who the hell am I to question anybody's personal PTSD? But as a viewer, it becomes harder the deeper we go into the effect that he's had on the town when it's only the first movie that existed and you know you had three people that that were and i'm not saying that that's 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 not you know something to sneeze at i just mean that you know he, he he's been locked up for 40 years 
I just feel that the the way this town is and the way certain people are acting, I, I'm just not believing that these effects would continue to... I would, though, if Halloween 2 was canon. And I certainly would buy that the hospital would be going crazy because Halloween 2, there was a massacre at the hospital. So it would make sense to me that nurses and doctors and security guards were throwing caution to the wind, freaking out and running, you know, and part of the mob because it's Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. I get it then. But that didn't... That doesn't exist. That never happened. So, you know, when I look at the characters at the bar and I look at the bar scene, it's, it's, it's nostalgic to see them. I appreciate seeing them. Tommy's speech, uh, confused me a little bit too, because <laughs> I was, I was, you know, he gets up there and, and it's a great speech actually. in in, in terms of the, um, how it was written, but I was confused because on my own channel, I was saying, you know, I thought that maybe they hadn't seen each other in a long time. And I couldn't quite put my finger on what it was. Uh, I totally missed that the bartender said that they know the crazy lady down the street and they come together every year. Maybe it was because of his accent, I'm not sure. I missed that on the first two watches. And because when Tommy bursts into the hospital room to see Lori, it felt so underwhelming. I mean, this is Tommy Doyle. This is Lori Strode. This is kind of like, you know, I wanted that Han Solo Princess Leia reunion in The Force Awakens, right? I don't care what you think of the movie, but just that moment is like, you know, there's there's nuance there. There's there's breathing room there. We sit with that, right? And with this, it just felt so kind of like, and I'm like, do they? And then everybody's like, well, they know each other. And I'm like, they do? And then I, I, I put my finger onto why I was confused. Tommy says at the very end of his speech, he holds up his glass and he says, to Lori, wherever you are. Now, it makes sense from a writing perspective to cut from that to her in the back of the truck, which is what they do. Ha, mm -hmm. that's quote unquote where she is. I get that, it, you know, cinematically it, 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 it works, but wherever you are sort of speaks to me like they haven't talked in a long time. They don't know where she is. They have no idea. And so there was a lot of confusion there for me in the bar uh, in terms of that. But the characters themselves, it's fun to see them, even though some of them are played by different actors. But I just I just felt the these legacy characters, by and large, were underutilized, served no purpose other than to say, hey, remember me? Remember me? Remember me? And yeah. I would have much preferred maybe just, I don't even know why we needed Marion there. Probably because Nancy Stevens is still alive. I don't understand why we needed Charles Cyphers there. He was, and I say this with all due respect, I'm talking about the character now. He was useless. Absolutely useless. There wasn't even a scene between him and Laurie at all. Um, and uh, probably because he's still alive. Well, we better, you know, he's, he's, he's so really old. We got to get in there. I would have much preferred if they had whittled it down to just Tommy, Lindsay, and Laurie. Yep. And then you could have focused more on character development. Yeah, because I, I agree completely um, that because that was where I started to lose. I started picking up my phone and and caught myself doing rando email checks. And I had, went, wait, I'm watching a movie because while I do think that the idea of the town grieving and. Tommy's speech and it's an interesting idea this movie has a lot sure. of interesting ideas but they're they're kind of just thrown out there and nothing comes of them and it it just feels wasteful and I agree I I was actually getting more and more angry because I was like okay so now there's more people that we sort of knew 40 years ago but Okay, cool. They're still alive, but yeah, a newcomer wouldn't know who they are. And oh, wait, never mind. We're off to another kill anyway, so it doesn't matter. So yeah, there was just no weight or reason for it, especially 
when I think we had bigger fish to deal with. And this was billed as like the triumphant return of Laurie Strode, like when they first announced these movies, Mm -hmm. which also bothered me because like we're spending all this time on all this other auxiliary stuff. I do think you have to look at all three as one big movie. Yes, that's true. Yeah. Ends ends is jumping four years into the future. It's actually going to take place present day, 2022. Halloween ends will. But, but, you know, Spencer is right. I mean, at the end of the day, you, you have to, you have to judge it on its own merits because that's how they're releasing it. They're releasing it in individual installments, but you also have to keep in the back of your mind, which is totally true that the story's not finished yet. So when the trilogy is complete, you can have a bit of a different perspective. But having said that, I, I mean, yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's a, uh, I, I liked seeing them, you know, my, my heart, my, my Halloween nostalgia goes, Oh, there's Nancy Stevens. But I mean, I don't see the, point for her character she came back in i mean i'm not a big fan of halloween h2o but she arguably she was in that movie we often forget she was at the very beginning of that film she was killed um she had more character development in that movie than she did in this film it's i don't see the point i I think the film would have been better if they had just focused on Lindsay and tommy and Mm -hmm. and uh allowed that relationship you know to cut back to them maybe in the bar it's just the two of them maybe they're married maybe they're not married might be a little bit of a cliche but maybe they know each other maybe they're both divorced or something or one is and one is whatever and 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 they're still there and it's just the two of them at the bar um or it's it's him her and Lonnie to bring Mm -hmm. Marion in there seemed a little kind of I don't believe that she had I mean yes she was attacked at the beginning of the first movie but I have trouble I just have trouble believing what they were selling like yeah yeah, I was confused at how she met up with Tommy and Lindsay and Lonnie like what where did they connect like what part of their lives were they introduced to each other that was but also then like the fangirl in me was like oh she's you know from the original it's great to see her and I think, honestly, the reason they brought her in, besides she's still alive, is also they wanted to recreate the iconic car scene from the original, which we of, will get to. Of course, of yeah. course. And, and and she's a sweetheart. Like, I met her at, at uh, I think she was at one of the conventions I was at. She's a sweetheart. She's absolutely amazing. Um, but it's just, you know, you are, you're bringing them back, but you're not giving them much to do other than to just kind of be there. Mm-hmm. And then you're sacrificing mm-hmm. You know, because think about all the development they could have, all the time that was spent on, you know, trying to get them all in there. If you'd whittled it down to just a couple of characters, um, you could have spent more time with them and developed it a bit more. Uh, Nancy Stevens was just under, I don't, it's, yeah, she just was there, as Sharon said, she was there to just recreate the window scene. And, you know. And I will say, actually, to Spencer, to your point as well, I do realize the story's not finished. But having watched both films back to back, 2018 and then Kills, um, it the, the difference between the two of them and the inconsistencies between the two of them were glaring. Yeah. Um, oh, there's definitely a difference. There's a. Di- I I do appreciate the change in aesthetic tone, in terms of the way it looks, the way they lit certain things. I do like mm-hmm. the more cool aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, I appreciate that very much. Um, you know, I I I like that part about kills. Of course, you know the the kills and Michael. I'm I'm sure we'll get to. Um, but yeah, I mean that. I, I mean, you know, the bar scene's cool. I mean, it's you know, it's. It's, it's, you know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with the the scene in and of itself or the performances in it, but to see them all sitting there, Marion's the one that kind of stands out. You're like, really, Marion? <laughs> Marion's like old enough to be their their 
mom. Great, I mean, great, uh, well, no, I, no, because she was probably no. in her 40s and 78, right? Maybe a cool or late aunt. 30s. A cool yeah. aunt. Yeah, she's certainly old enough to be their their parents for sure. They um, met up on a Facebook group for Mike Myers right. victims. Oh yeah, there you go. The Haddonfield uh, Facebook group. The Haddonfield Facebook group, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Dave, you mentioned briefly they do the cutaway of Lori in the truck with Karen and Allison. Yeah. They're speeding away from the fire. Meanwhile, we see fire trucks going the other way towards the fire with Lori yelling, "Let him burn! Let him burn! Let it burn!" Um, let it burn. Oh, yes. Let it burn. Yeah. Thank you for correcting me. Let yeah. it burn. Um, and then we see Michael Myers emerge from the house. Almost. Mm-hmm. This is what I thought. He's like a phoenix being resurrected from the mm-hmm. fire mm-hmm. because he is bigger, badder, faster, meaner than we have ever seen him in any of the other previous versions, including, I would say, the Rob Zombie versions um yeah i was gonna ask you guys which sequel it is that uh mike myers becomes a marvel supervillain uh this one this one (laughs) this Um, one that's right and he yeah he takes out i think 11 firemen by himself oh yeah within mere seconds uh thoughts on this scene dave well i mean you know from a technical standpoint it was beautifully shot um, I, I, you know, and there's, it, it made me smile. It made me laugh. I don't mean laugh in a, you know, this is crap. It just made me laugh because it's so epic. It's so over the top, but in that kind of good way that you expect when you walk into a movie like this, when he comes out of the, you know, the firefighters are just minding their own business, getting their things ready. And then they look over and they see this guy coming out of the, it's like, well, who's that? You know, it's like, oh, <laughs> here we go. You know, um, you know, and, and no matter how, you know, I sort of, it's, it's like, watching WWE wrestling, you know, or old clips, <laughs> not now. I mean, I'm 42, so it's not like I'm watching it now. But when I watch old clips of like back in the day, you know, back in the the 80s or the 90s even, you know, I, I, it still makes you smile when you see Goldberg come down the thing like way back in the day, you know, or uh, The Rock way back in the day come down the ramp and the crowd's going wild. So I kind of just, that's kind of how I felt when I saw him come out. It's still Michael Myers. You know, even though it's it's the 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 sensationalism, everything you know of everything that's going on around him, it still was epically shot. It certainly was epic. It absolutely looked cool, um, and he threw down with those firefighters and uh, and took them all out. And um, you know, I mean, if I was hired to, to to write and direct the movie, no, I probably if I was able to get away with it, I, they may be like, well, you're going to turn into this, or you know, you're not going to do it. It's not a direction I would have gone. I mean, I wouldn't have made a movie that was so sort of, um, you know, graphic. Um, but I, you know, I mean, I'm going in seeing a movie called Halloween Kills. So uh, I knew that going in and it was, it was, uh, you know, I had fun with it. I, I didn't have any issues in terms of anything other than, yes, is it against everything we know about him? Sure, absolutely, mm-hmm. right? It's it's moving away from that Hitchcockian sort of theater of the mind completely, even away from the tone of the 18 film. And I think that's where sort of there's there's inconsistencies here. Like the 18 film was very much, not exactly, but more in line with that theater of the mind. Um, you know, again, not exactly, but but more in line with that. And then Kills is a, a complete 180 in, in, in tone. So... Um, you know, it's a it's a it's a different way of doing things, but I I didn't I didn't hate it. I mean, I, I enjoyed watching again from that purely that that ride perspective. Yeah, you know, just from a pure icing, you know, no cake, but a lot of icing. It was great. You know, and just to comment on the writing, like 
they actually addressed his superhero-ness, but it, again, was like a throwaway. There was a moment towards the end of the movie where Laurie actually says something to the effect of the more he, he kills, the more powerful The more he, he kills, the more he transcends, yeah. But, like, it was, again, she said it, now Mike Myers is killing another person. Like, right. no time to linger on it or even catch that line. Um, so... Yeah. The, I mean, the only way I can explain it is really Phoenix resurrecting from the fire. It's like, we here's a brand new Michael Myers, folks. We have not seen this before. Because mm-hmm. in the original movie, there's mm-hmm. no blood. There is no gore in the 78 Halloween. It is Correct. It's theater of the mind, mm-hmm. um, as you said. So, you know, not yet. A, a little bit more uh, violence gore in 2018. This one just took it way over the top, which I don't mind. I find mm. that to be fun. Um, but yeah, it doesn't fit the MO of Michael Myers the at all. The sadism especially. Oh, oh yeah, we'll, we'll get yeah. to that. Okay. <laughs> just it a second. doesn't, but it, you know, I mean, at the same time, it's 2021. Mm-hmm. And studios have to, um, you know, it. these movies are not made for, I mean, you know, I say this, I hope your audience takes this with a, you know, a grain of salt, right? Um, I don't mean it like completely, but generally speaking, these kinds of movies are, are not made for us because we're not the people that, you know, the hardcore fans, we're going to be there on day one on the announcement of a movie going into development. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, they don't even like, we don't even, we're not, they are, the reason why trailers show so much is because they're competing with streaming and they need to get people into the seats and all this kind of stuff. And, and the reason why it's more violent, it's, it's trying to appeal to a general, a general movie going audience in 2021. And I understand that, you know, I get it. Um, so I, I was prepared for that. Uh, but yes, it is It is a complete 180 from what we know. I mean, if you really want to get down to it, any single movie that is ever created after 1978 defeats the whole purpose of Halloween 1978, even Halloween 2 from 1981, which, I, which is still my favorite uh, sequel. Um, it, it, you know, the whole point of the original film was to be a one-off. That that was mm. it. It was he was gone at the end of the movie, not to set up a sequel. He was gone at the end of the movie to drive the message home that you can't kill the boogeyman. It's like a ninety, as I've said many times, it's a ninety-minute like Twilight Zone episode, you know. And and that's it. You know, it was the boogeyman. As a matter of fact, it was. And that's the end of the movie. She <laughs> yeah. she has her arc right at the beginning of the movie. She doesn't believe in it. Laurie, what's the boogeyman? Tommy, there's no such thing. She doesn't buy <laughs> into it. She doesn't believe it. And then by the end of the movie, when she goes. It was the boogeyman. That's basically her saying, holy fuck, Tommy was right. You know, <laughs> and Dr. Loomis says, as a matter of fact, it was. Yeah. And that's it. And that's, that was, and Carpenter was, when it became the highest grossing independent horror movie of all time, uh, Carpenter was asked to come back and direct a sequel. And he's like, why would I do that? I, I, I just be making the same, I, the, the movie's done. It's not supposed to, it was just this little thing we did. It was not as but, uh, you know, and here we are. Right. So, you know, no matter what you do, any even if you try to uh, follow the, the rules of the original mythology, which is he is a man. He's not a complete supernatural force. He's a man with supernatural elements. There's something weird there. Not sure. Not sure. Um, the more sequels you make, inevitably, you're going to run into. Oh, we got to kind of just we got it. Can we get, can, 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 
and that's what they're doing now. And, you know, I mean, I don't know. He looked pretty supernatural at the end of Kills to me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. I'm sorry, Dave, what are they doing now? Can you, can you... <laughs> turn, in the, turn in the screws, you know? They're going, yeah, well, maybe we'll just loosen this up a little bit. I know we said we wanted him to be a complete man, and, but now we realize we're making more sequels and we just can't do that. So we're going to open it up a little bit further and we'll see how much we can go. And that's what it is, right? And they, and they see how much the audience will buy. You know, and, and I mean, and it's like, I thought you said he was a man. Well, he is a man. No, no, he's a man. He was, the shit kicked out of him. He was shot at point blank range in the chest and he just got back up. How can you say he's a man? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that you're fan, fanboying out on that, but I just really wanted to hear your voice do that little bit of it again. Too, too bad our, our listeners couldn't see you doing the little uh, movements <laughs> that go along with that. <laughs> You just you just scared Audrey that time. She just jumped off my lap. <laughs> also, future episode idea: have Dave reenact all of the original Halloween, doing all the voices, all the voices, I could. I could, all the sound I effects. All right, so let's move on to the first. Uh, well, the firefighters, I guess, were the first yeah. people that we see being killed. Yeah. But then once he, um, you know, starts going out into the neighborhoods again, we see the couple. Mm-hmm. who are killed by him and then you know okay the, like every kill in this movie is just going to be brutal yeah um it's so my favorite gore. kills in the movie the 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 couple mm-hmm. i i actually really enjoyed the scene i um i i liked the couple i thought they were yeah. totally cute i was like this is gonna be spencer and me and like 50 <laughs> years like hey, drinking there's a big fella away. with a monster mask <laughs> Great. Dr- drinking cheap Beaujolais and eating cheese crackers, right? Kind of sounded That's like a- he had like a Boston accent a bit too, I think, or something. Not too far from the car. Yeah, that <laughs> actor actually played the chief of the fire department in New York City on uh, the show Rescue Me. Oh, oh okay, I remember cool. that show. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. But the, the scene where he flips on the light in the bathroom mm-hmm. and Michael Myers is standing there and just punches the light and it goes out again, that yeah. got me. I jumped. I yeah. mean, that was, I was <laughs> not, I knew he was in there. I knew something was going to happen, but the way they shot that, I just thought was perfect. It's yeah. not something I've seen before. I, I loved it. It's cool, um, for sure. Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I did not dig the sadism, but... Honestly, you never do. You're such a buzzkill. <laughs> but Sharon, to be fair, your Phoenix rising out of the flames analogy is kind of not changing my mind, but making me think about this a little bit differently because that is an interesting point. This is a new Michael Myers. Um, but one of the, my major, major issues overall with the movie um, and extends to this scene unfortunately as well is what is referred to as the idiot plot um so think like suspension of disbelief but uh this is from an article uh from a writer named brian talico uh who writes for roger ebert's old website uh Roger Ebert wrote the following about the first Halloween sequel back in 1981. The plot of Halloween 2 absolutely depends, of course, on our old friend, the idiot plot, which requires that everyone in the movie behave at all times like an idiot. And so basically, when a movie, a horror movie, all let's face it, they all have idiot plots. <laughs> but when they are working in the ways they're supposed to, you don't notice or you ignore the idiot plot. For me, 
Halloween Kills didn't accomplish that. And so I was too hung up on that. Like the old late the old lady had a knife when the husband went to check the door and then like dropped it immediately mm-hmm. and was defenseless. And I'm like, you could have just stabbed him. Why did you drop the knife? Really was she going to just stab him? He put his fist through a wall and killed her husband. She wasn't gonna do shit. I'm sorry, Mindy. Hang on, she ladies. I'm just gonna dead. get some popcorn, okay? I just wanted to listen <laughs> to you guys go back and forth. Gloves are coming off now. <laughs> well, and this is also where I have that hard time with like these are movies that it's literally called Halloween Kills. What the fuck do you think is gonna happen? Yeah, of course. But I'm just I was expecting more substance and I was disappointed. But it should never be. See, here's here's one of the big things that that, that I think, and you know, I've heard this argument before. Uh, well, it's called Halloween Kills. What do you expect? It's a slasher movie. What do you expect? It's a it's a, this movie. It's supposed to be campy. You know, the dialogue is supposed to be like this. It's supposed to be like that. And you know, I I do believe in. I I think these people's hearts are in the right place, and 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 I understand what they're saying. However, you know, I don't I don't think that should be used as a as an excuse or a crutch. You know, because th- these these critiques and criticisms, there's there's merit to it. When you create a movie like Halloween eighteen and you take it as seriously as you do. You know, regardless of whether you call the next movie Halloween Kills or not, doesn't mean all of a sudden that the decisions and the motivations of the characters all of a sudden have to just fall away. Thank or you. the dialogue's got to be cheesy and campy or whatever. Like, what? wait a minute, like you, you, you set an expectation, so I expect that you carry that through. I believe you still could have created a movie called Halloween Kills, which at the end of the day is really only, as long as you deliver on the high body count, then you've honored the title of the movie. So now create a good story. <laughs> story, you know, around it. I mean, you don't have to then fall back to mid eighties cheese, uh, or, or, you know, or something. I don't, I don't, I, I just, I think these are excuses for, let's just say what it is, bad writing. I mean, I, I think it's just, I, I think the dialogue is, is anyways, we'll get to that, but I, to your <laughs> point, I, I think it's, it's, uh, uh, there is a difference in, in tone. I think I'll just say it now. I was going to wait till the very end to say, it, but I'll say it now. I think Halloween 18 is a better movie. I think it's a better movie structurally. I think it's a better movie pacing. I think it's a better movie acting. Um, even though it didn't have the extremely important Halloween things in it that I wanted to see in order for me to rave about it and that I think are just as important and arguably the most important character of a Halloween film, which is how Michael behaves and the visual aesthetic, the mood, the atmosphere, this kind of stuff. Um, it, it's a better film. You know, I think Kills is is uh, kind of all over the place. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with that. Although I will say Kills is way more fun to watch, as you said earlier on your first watch. Yeah, I, I, it was fun. It, it, I had more fun watching it, but that's largely because of of the kills. Yeah. Right? yeah. You know, and and but I, I don't think that should be. And I'm not saying you guys are saying that. I just mean like people out there I've I've heard, you know, trying to defend it. Well, what do you expect? What do you mean? What do I expect? I expect 18. That's what I expect. I expect the maturity of Halloween 18. Just because it's called Halloween Kills doesn't negate the maturity of it. Right. I mean, you can still deliver on that aspect as long as you deliver on the kills. And I was there were times where I thought maybe they were trying to kind of be meta about mm. it. Like, you know, with with the the old school horror movie tropes and all that, but I, I agree with you. Given what happens in 2018 and the seriousness of that movie and the way that movie was handled, like you can't, you have to kind of pick one or the other. You can't right. kind of try to be scream and be, you know, 
Mike Myers killing everybody. Like you, right. you, you kind of have to pick which direction you're going. And uh, yeah, I just felt like they were kind of all over the place and didn't know what they were making a statement about if they were making a statement at that. You well, know? there definitely was a statement that was being made. We'll get to that when we talk yeah. about it. I, there's but, a doozy of one, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I have the, yeah, I have a whole section Sorry, on Sharon. that. Right, that. I'm, I'm no, assuming no. we're all talking about the same statement. We'll, we'll see when we get to that part. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> we're, we're all pretty smart. I think we, uh, we're talking about Karen's <laughs> Christmas sweater, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> All right, so let's go back to the bar where we get to know mm. Marcus and Vanessa, the doctor and nurse. We get to yes. know them a little bit more. I really liked their Most characters. Developed characters I in the movie. No, yeah, no. <laughs> so let's, you know, let's put a pin in that like for them. just a second. Um, but, you know, then they played the news report at the bar. We now know four people are dead. Tommy starts organizing groups to hunt down the killer, which, you know, he suspects to be Michael Myers. And Vanessa and Marcus go to leave the bar right away. As soon as you see the fogged windows, you're like, I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if you've seen... If you've seen the original. I mean, yes, yes. I mean, this movie was made by a fan of the original. It's in every fan of the original is is probably going to go see this. So, um, But later, we find out, you know, it's not Michael Myers in the car. It's one of the other escapees from the bus wreck. And this is the start of the vigilante justice and (laughs) the uprising of the citizens of Haddonfield begins. So we'll get into where it goes, which is the mob scene at the hospital in just a bit. But how did you feel about, um, did you find it to be believable that, that this, this uh, vigilante justice, like where it began, not so much how it goes, but how it started. Dave, we'll start with you. Yeah, I I think so. I don't think that, I mean, you know, when she left the bar and she gets into her car and then she's like, oh my God, obviously we're thinking it's actually Michael Myers because they don't show what he looks like. They don't even show what he looks like when he takes off down the street in the car. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't have any issues with, with that, um, okay. with how it started. I'll just answer that. How it started. No, I had no issues with that. Okay. Minnie. I felt a little bit like. Tommy went from zero to rage freak out pretty quick. But well, to be fair, it's understandable. like you said, yeah, he was putting two and two together and, and thinking, oh, crap, this is very much like years ago. Um, but it happened very quickly in the moment. And that felt weird to me. But I also don't necessarily see it as being unreasonable yeah. reaction wise, well, if that makes any sense. And also... He grabbed a baseball bat to defend himself. So obviously he didn't know the extent, I think, of Michael Myers' power in this in this film because otherwise he would have grabbed something better than a baseball bat to defend himself. And he walks up there like by himself, like I'll handle it. Like, mm-hmm. and I was like, wow, okay, like either he he has no idea like who Michael Myers really is. But or- if they had more character development with him, you may have been able to buy it, right? It's because we don't mm. know who he is. We don't know who Tommy Doyle is today. One of the things, and this is a very minor thing. It doesn't mean real. This is just, but if I was writing the script, instead of referring to himself as Tommy Doyle, I would have had him refer to himself as Tom Doyle. Uh, ah. It shows a little bit of, a, uh, you know, a maturity, right? Mm-hmm. And again, it's not a big deal. You, your audience might be thinking, I don't get it. What's the big deal? When he's on the stage and he's um, 
talking about about the the events in the bar he said he, he said something like you know and i'm tommy doyle and i'm you know whatever uh you know it's not that people who are called tommy billy davy timmy you know whatever when they're kids don't take that on later in life sometimes they do uh but generally speaking if you are called that it's like an affectionate thing because you're little it's cute oh little billy little timmy little tommy whatever right generally speaking they if once at a certain age they're it's tom you know um but not all the time so that's why i said it's a you know it's a bit of a nitpick but um there just was no character development with, you know with any of these characters so for us as an audience we're seeing him react in a way that is surprising to us going from 0 to 106 seconds maybe he always goes from 0 to 106 seconds but there's no evidence for it so i don't know i'm just like wow he's going really fast you know what's the deal with old huckleberry is that something we should have known? Because they, they made a very specific point of showing that name on the baseball I, bat. I don't know it, Dave, do you? No, I think it was okay. just, yeah, I'm not sure. His, I guess the bar owner's dad or something? Or Okay, did you have something to say, Spencer? Dave, were you called Davey when you were a kid? <laughs> uh, people did, refer, yeah, I had a little thing. Uh, there was a little thing that, uh, I don't know if it was my mother or whatever. Davey in the Navy, Davey in the gravy. <laughs> little cute little thing. In the gravy. So, in the gravy, yeah. I don't know what it, I don't know who sang that to me, but but not generally, right? But 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 do adults also go by that? Tommy, Davy, Billy? Sure, they do. Billy Joel. Now, whether he, but that's his stage name. Whether his wife refers to him as that or his friends go, yeah. "Hey, Billy, what's going on?" They probably call him Bill. I think they know? call him Billy Joel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Billy Joel. <laughs> well, but also to your point, though, um, not I. I also am not a fan of the writing, Dave, but. That the whole Tommy name could have been a half-assed attempt at character development because could've maybe been. Tommy been. has been Tommy all this time because 100%. of what happened. Stunted growth because of trauma. Right, and it's a regression Un- thing for sure. Untreated PTSD. Again, interesting yep. idea. Not sure. enough development. Right, and if they had done away with some of these legacy characters, we could have had more time with them. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe, you know, maybe instead of, although I do like the, um, I forget their names in the movie, the um, black couple there at the bar. Um, Marcus I'll, and Vanessa. Marcus and Vanessa, thank you. Uh, I, I actually adored them. I thought I thought they were great. Uh, Agreed. In, but in a movie that, but even them in the big picture, they're not like well-developed characters. They're just in comparison to everybody else, they stand out because they're the most developed out of them all. Um, but again, a way to restructure it might be like, maybe it's not them sitting there. Maybe it's Tommy and Lindsay that are sitting there mm-hmm. and they're talking and there's a moment with them talking back and forth. We sit with them and we we have some exposition and there's a little bit of backstory and you know whatnot. I, again, I, I'm not saying get rid of Marcus and Vanessa, but because uh, maybe they come into the bar afterwards. Maybe they already know each other, you know, and they sit down and they talk to them or I don't know. I just think it was, yeah, not a lot of, not a lot of reasons for me to care. I, when Marion Chambers died, I could, I could not have cared less. Agreed. And we'll, we'll come to that very, yeah. very shortly. Um, so correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, because you, you've seen 2018 more than I have. We finally come to the Myers house and are introduced to Big John and Little John, and mm. they do not, because I rewatched 2018 after I watched Kills, and then I watched Kills again. They do not show the Myers house at all in 2018. They don't. They don't? Okay, no. so this is so we're finally coming to the Myers house. Mm. We're introduced to Big John and Little John, who I also really liked. 
Um, I oh, could yeah. do an entire episode about the decor because I, I, I loved it <laughs> totally <laughs> so much. They rehab the shit out of that place. Um, so what are your thoughts on the decor? No, <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was I splendid. I thought it was beautiful. Yes, yes, yes. All right, good. We're, we're all in agreement on that. So now let's move on to, um, you know, these, these parties of people who are breaking up on the hunt for Michael Myers. We have Lindsay, Marion, Marcus, and Vanessa driving around, and they see the three little brats who stole the candy from John and John on the playground. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you noticed that their masks are the silver shamrock masks Correct. from Halloween 3, the yep. jack-o'-lantern skull and the witch. As soon as I saw Marion in the passenger seat, I said, oh no, they are going to recreate her scene from Halloween, the original Halloween. And sure enough, um, not only did they do that, but they also even had Michael Myers have the wrench strapped to his hand to break the glass, which was the same technique that they used in the 1978 film. He had a wrench in his hand? Yep. So if if you watch the original 1978 Oh yeah, in, in, yes, that I know. But yes. he, he had a wrench yep. in kills. Yep, they said that they used the same technique that they used yeah. the wrench. So to it, was a, the glass. it was a hidden, a hidden wrench. It was again, in his or, palm. Yeah, so okay. that when he put his in palm 78, down. Yes, yeah. in seventy eight, and you can actually see it when you pause it. You can yeah. actually see it there. It's actually it's not he's not supposed to have it. It was just a way for the stunt guy to break it. Yeah, uh, but oh. if you pause, you can see it. I I didn't see a wrench in his hand in kills. Though. I didn't see it, but according to the trivia, they used it. Oh, okay. All right. So, okay. I just thought that was kind of interesting. I love, I love movie trivia like that. I where um, he got the wrench from then. <laughs> yeah. I don't, well, I don't think he was, yeah, once again, not supposed to have it. Just, yeah. you know. Okay. All right. They decided to use it just to make it more authentic. Maybe or, they said you know. the same technique. Maybe they just meant the same, the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe. Spencer PD is looking it up, though. because it Breaking the window, like, in the same yeah. manner, maybe. Right, maybe not right. necessarily the same way. But So the know, quote the from thing. the trivia from IMDb was, they even used a wrench strapped to Michael Myers' hand to break the glass in Halloween Kills. Well, it is IMDb, so you take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. But maybe they did. Maybe there's somewhere where that can be verified. I wouldn't use IMDb as, as the... Is the official the trivia? Yeah, no. They're they're no. the new. I could Yahoo. go on there. Right, I could go on there right now and write that Michael Myers in that scene was wearing polka dot underwear, and 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 it would wind up on there. That is also a fact. Did you know that? No, um, I do actually. I, <laughs> I for us, IMDb is like the Yahoo Answers for movie information. It's, like yeah, it's just, pretty. Yeah amusing sometimes yeah Yeah. so here's the first real scene that i hated in this film okay maybe you can explain this to me dave how how this worked but vanessa jumps out of the window we know she has a gun where the fuck did she go because she did not help her husband or marion after she jumps out of the car the next time we see her it's like at least a minute or two later um everyone else except for Lindsay is already dead and we see a shot of Vanessa walking. She's got to be like 20 feet away from the car, like mm-hmm. walking towards the car, shooting Michael Myers. Like wh- what happened in between the time she jumped out of the car and was laying on the ground right next to the car? Well, I think she had to g- go to the bathroom. So I think she had to go <laughs> behind a tree and uh, do a little tinkle and then and then come back. Oh, okay. um, I don't know. You know, I, I've talked about that on my channel as well. I, I, I said it's it's where does she go? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make sense that you would leave your husband there, you know, to fend for himself. Um, and and you just kind of run away because it's not like she's limping back 
and right. she's bloodied and, and you're like, oh, maybe she was injured and she was lying there unconscious for a moment or something and then she came to. I mean, that would have been more appropriate that maybe when she jumped out of the car, she fell and hit her head on the cement. And we see that. We see the gung, you know, and she's like, oh. And then we realize as an audience, oh shit, she's unconscious. You know what I mean? And then Michael's attacking her husband and then she comes to and then she kind of gets up and starts to shoot. That that me- seems more logical. But she just sort of ran off, leaving her mm-hmm. husband there and then comes back all of a sudden and starts shooting from like 20 feet away she's a terrible shot yeah and uh and then michael kicks the door and the gun's turned on herself and she shoots herself by accident i i think the whole scene is is strange again it's 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 not i mean it's it's competently made it's well shot and all, all that kind of stuff but you know in terms of character motivations you mm-hmm. know why is michael leaping up onto the hood or or, or, or onto the 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 roof you know, I mean, it doesn't make, it doesn't really make, uh, you know, like you can say, well, he did that in the original. Yeah, but he did that in the original. For, like it, it, it was motivated. You know, it, it felt like, um, I, I don't know, it just felt more motivated to do that, to catch them by surprise or whatever. Or uh, it just feels a little strange for it feels a little unnecessary, a little overkill, no pun intended to yeah. do that. But of course, if he didn't do that, then how would you get that great shot of him smashing the side window? Um so yeah, the the nurse, I don't know where she went. I think it is just, uh, I have no explanation other than just um, an Tinkle. absence. Yeah, it's a flaw. <laughs> I mean, it, it's a absence in character motivation. I remember her saying that she had a gun and knew how to use it, but mm-hmm. did she have it on her initially? Yeah, she showed it in the car. She Okay, I, that's what I couldn't, re- even though I just watched this, I couldn't remember. Well, I she was took saying- it from her husband because her husband didn't know how to use it and she took it from him and saying, well, I know how to use this. It actually wasn't her gun. I believe it was uh, okay. one of the guns that got in the back of the car or something. Or maybe it was yeah, her yeah. gun. Oh, because it was yeah. it was it Lonnie's car? Because I think it, yeah, ha- that's right. have a bunch of guns in the car? So- Something like that. And and she took okay. it all. I know how to use this or whatever. And and it's cute. Like I, I really enjoyed their back and forth. But in terms of her taking off only to come back, you know, two minutes later, yeah, that doesn't I don't understand what would be her motivation to do that. No, I, I thought that was really poorly written. And that was the first part I was like, this is really, really stupid. Plus, they kill two of the main you know, there's not a, a ton of uh, people of color in this film, right. but they kill, you know, the two uh, black characters right away that could have played a much bigger part in the film. So that pissed me off. Right. And and I will add to this, not just because they're black, but because they were more interesting than our legacy characters. Mm-hmm. And and that's 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 almost an even, you know, on, I mean, again, on, on top of, of course, uh, you know, um, having diversity, which, of course, is always important, but they were more interesting, <laughs> you know, so I, w- I cared more about them than I did Marion, you yeah, know, or anything yeah. like that. So. So, yeah, to your point, Sharon, I mean, that it's it's too bad they didn't last a little bit longer. I mean, certainly. Yeah. yeah you know, OK, kill them. I get it. But maybe a bit longer would have been nice. I think, again, you know, if the nurse didn't fall out of the car and hit her head, maybe she falls out of the car. She gets up and she runs screaming, help, help, help. She's just mm-hmm. running, you know, whatever. She's just out there. You know, or maybe she tries to wave down a car, you know, and the car's like, fuck this, you know, and takes <laughs> off or something, you know, something that gives the audience perspective of where she currently is when shit's going down in the car. Because yeah. right now it just looks like she went film. off. Sorry? 
I think we should make a short film of like, where did she go? For yeah, those where did minutes? she go? That's right. And it's this whole idea where she goes around the corner. She's sitting there. She's eating, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that maybe she ran off to get a good shot so that she could get Michael Myers. No, that makes but no sense. I was going to no, say that we see that she's not a good shot. So that clearly does not hold you, water. You need close range. Shoot. No, that yeah. yeah, that makes no sense. And if someone's attacking your husband and a stranger, like no, you're not going to. Um, yeah, that 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 was i think one of the worst scenes in the film um all right we gotta talk about this <laughs> let's Although, get into it i don't know if you are going to say this but i do want to say this the scene that follows immediately after that with Lindsay, i think Lindsay was my favorite mm. of the legacy characters mm -hmm. because Agreed. and again this is relative because it's not like she had a lot to do she didn't but she had the most to do which isn't saying much out of all of the legacy characters she had a confrontation with michael at the suv then she runs off into the into the forest area there michael follows her there's actually uh, it's probably the mo the most suspenseful moment of the film yeah um, there's some nice suspense there not like you know really thick or anything but th there's some nice moments there and she's hiding kind of in the tree uh, not in the tree but at the bottom of the um base of the tree and and you see michael you know and he's looking around and the moonlight's coming down and everything and she's sitting there kind of there was some genuine suspense there with this og original legacy character and that was fun to watch. I wish it could have lasted longer. That mm -hmm. it needed more of that. The cat yeah. and mouse um, between her? Yes, or cat yeah. and mouse between anybody in the film. Yeah, yeah, but but with her especially because of what she means to the to to fans and to the to the uh, mythology. I mean, this is the same girl that was there that night and yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's you, the last you got to capitalize on that. That's the last that they showed her in the film then, right? I don't think I don't remember they her they making an appearance her, at the She was end. brought into Briefly. the hospital. Yeah, mm. and she was uh, plopped in a wheelchair and then taken off somewhere, and that's the last we see her. That, she okay. didn't even she didn't even have a moment with Laurie either. But yeah. I hear yeah. she's supposed to be coming back for ends, so I think she'll have a moment there. Well, I did read a quick interview with the actress whose name I don't Kyle Richards. Thank you, and uh, she it was just funny, and I'm paraphrasing of course, but she was like, "I just couldn't believe I got to live." Right, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. All right, so you bring up the hospital. It's a great segue because we're going to talk about the hospital mob scene. It's getting bigger and bigger and becomes completely out of control. You have, you know, some conversations with uh, Lori, Karen, Allison. You have some conversations between Lori and Hawkins, um, which I mm. I'll, it sounded earlier like you had a lot to say yeah. about that, Dave. So I'll let you talk about that. And everyone thinks oh. Michael Myers is on his way to the hospital. Um, you know, and like you can understand that the town's in a total panic. They want to, you know, stop this person who has a legacy of, of, of killing uh the Does townspeople. Well, right, it's one night. He right? has. He has. A, it's Does a. Le really? But it's a legacy of that night. He killed a bunch of people in the town. Their their Three. families are still alive. You know. You see. Um, uh, Bracket is still there. Like you know, his daughter was killed that night. Like it's. And as Tommy says in the bar, you know, some of you may never he have heard this story because you, obviously you're going to have like newer people, younger generations who haven't heard it, but. I believe, like, if the town you're growing up in, I there think was it's a... 
Sorry, I'm sorry. So Go I was going to say, like, if something like that happened, there's it's going to be kind of a legacy. You know, there's, yeah. going, there's going to be tales told. And he killed his sister when he was a kid as well. Uh, no, he didn't. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's yes. true. Right. So that, that just makes it even more, right. like impactful. Mm-hmm. I honestly chalked that whole situation up to the idiot plot thing because I was like I find it totally unbelievable that everybody would be focusing on one location. Uh, yes, yes. In mass hysteria. Y- yes. Um I I find that a little hard to believe. I can I can see how people would get so worked up or get worked up. I don't see how they would get that worked up and well, this, all well, that's end up to there. your point. Yeah, no that's it, it's a great point Sharon cuz you know, nobody, certainly not me, is suggesting that there would be no uh, history of this character, this six-year-old boy who murdered his sister in 1963, and then he broke out in 1978, and and um, you know, and he murdered you know a couple more people, and then he was put away. And certainly, that would be uh, yes, that that would be something that would be there. But it would be more, I think, after 40 years being locked up for 40 years. That's 40 Halloweens. That's you know what that's. A, a generation or two there. Um, you know, I, I think it, it, it's very real for certain people and, and that's fair. Um, but I think how easily Tommy was able to rally the troops yes. uh, just didn't quite fit. It, it, it was like, you know, unless, like I said, if Halloween 2 was canon and you are rallying the troops in Haddonfield Memorial Hospital mm-hmm. where he murdered like, you know, 15 people and chased Laurie Strode down the hallway and killed some doctors and nurses and security guards and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, then it would make sense. Maybe even one of the doctors that's working there now is one of the sons of the, the nurse that was killed or one of the, you know, who knows, right? It makes more sense than why I, I just had trouble believing that you would be able to rally the troops that uh, that easily over something that is more localized in, in terms of, of, of certain people. Um, and, uh, and the way that doctors and nurses and security guards threw <laughs> caution to the wind were yelling and screaming and running through their own hospital, knocking over patients in the hallways and, and <laughs> stairwells i'm sitting there i'm thinking uh-huh. this just seems absolutely bonkers i i don't believe that it, it would be to that degree and this is sort of the problem that i find uh, that david gordon green's halloween trilogy is 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 moving towards is that you know and i think and i say this with all due respect not to you guys i mean to jamie lee curtis i say this with all due respect and it's purely speculation on my part it is purely speculation on my part. I want to get that out there now. Okay. Um, but I believe there's enough circumstantial evidence at the very least that, it, that, it, that it's possible. I, I believe that Jamie Lee Curtis, this is my opinion only, but I've talked about this on my channel. I believe that Jamie Lee Curtis, because she is, uh, she's a social activist. We know that if you follow her on Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, wherever, she's very opinionated, very vocal about shit going on in the world and, you know, and all that kind of stuff and all the power to her. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. All the power to her. She should have the right to do that. I cannot help that, that feel um, that in order for her to come back on board with this new trilogy, that her finding, I, I guess I'm sa- I'm having trouble believing, again, purely speculation, mm-hmm. I'm having trouble believing and buying into that from the very beginning, this was a story that David Gordon Green and Danny McBride were trying to write. The, I agree. The, the depth 
of, 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 of this whole thing. Now, Jamie Lee Curtis is also an executive producer. And I have a feeling, I'm not saying that it wasn't there. Horror films for generations, for decades, have, 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 have not everyone, but there's been a lot of horror movies that deal with social commentary. But usually it's subtext, it's not overt, it doesn't take over necessarily, unless that is the point, like a movie like Get Out or Us, right? But generally in the slasher genre, it's subtext, it's there, it's not kind of in your face, or they do it more in a nice subliminal kind of way. I cannot help but feel that Jamie Lee Curtis, when she read the script to Halloween 18, because when you watch her in interviews at press junkets and all this kind of stuff after the fact, it's always about trauma, 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 three generations of women, three generations of women, this, 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 this. And there's nothing wrong with that in and of itself. But because she's so passionate about it, I can't help but feel that, was that the story that McBride and Green were writing? Mm -hmm. Or is this her way of saying, hey, listen, you see this little thing here that you have in the script? Can we make, can we really like, you know, make this bigger and and really, because she's played Laurie Strode how many fucking times? Times, she needed something different to glom on to, to, mm-hmm. to grasp, to justify her coming back and playing this character again. And she needed passion. What is my motivation? What do I need so I can be inspired to come to the set and, hey, you know what? This is what this movie's about. Sure, it's Michael Myers, but let's make it about these three women and the generational trauma and how it's affected the town and about, you know, how she's rising up against her her oppressor and it's the oppressed and the oppressor and this and this and this very hot and current right now and all this kind of stuff. I can't help but feel that they were like, Hey, if that's what it's going to take to get you on board, let's do it, Jamie. You know, and, and and again, speculation, but I think it's because a lot of that narrative is not subtext in these films, especially in Kills now. It's becoming quite overt, and I think it's sort of starting to kind of dilute And because you got to spend so much time on it. When it's subtext, you can weave it into the subliminal messaging within your current uh, narrative. I hit my hat on my mic there. In your current narrative, when it's overt, when it's part of the the sort of like in your face, you got to spend more time with it because you have to, you know, you got to really build sort of scenes around it now. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of how I feel about huh. it. And I think it's, it's that hospital scene is with the other mental patient and whatnot is, is we're running into that. I can, I can talk about that in a second, but I know I've, I know so, my time's up. <laughs> so I, so I think that was the subtext of the original was like the three generations of trauma it and was, these women coming was, together. Right. But on this one, what I took away from it, because it, this is set up from the very first flashback, uh, Jim Cummings character talks about when he was a little boy and he went to go play with Michael Myers, Michael Myers would be staring out the window. And what was he thinking? And, you know, overlooking um, Haddonfield and just, you know, whatever was going through his mind. Mm -hmm. Um, But then you have the establishing shot of the muddy footprints when Jim Cummings, after he tells that story, he goes into the room and they're right by the window. That's when, you know, Michael Myers comes out. Then at the hospital during the mob scene, I believe this was after they end up forcing that poor man to jump off the building. She sees her reflection in the mirror. I forgot exactly what the dialogue was, but basically 
to me, the, the, uh, underlying message of this whole film was it's holding up a mirror to society, basically saying that everyone has the potential to become what they hate. You know, everyone has the potential to become a monster Mm -hmm. or who is the real monster? Is it Michael Myers? Is it the citizens of Haddonfield? Like, are we all monsters? Like, I think that was the underlying message in this 100%. 100%. No, you're 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 bang on. That that's exactly what it was. And the the uh the mob through the hospital with the mental patient and all that is all about, you know, misinformation and because he's not really Michael Myers and and how do we not know it's Michael Myers and and how people can behave when they are fed misinformation and they rise up and they're going mm-hmm. after somebody and they essentially kill somebody who's innocent. It's all there. It's it's not in the message in and of itself. It it's it's in the execution. Execution. And, and and I think that, you know, there was this, you know, I, I don't believe that people would mistake in this Danny DeVito as Michael Myers. I, <laughs> I, I don't I don't believe that that would be the case. It's, and I know that the actor actually who played him has actually since passed in real life. Yeah, and died, I heard um, that a few months ago. So again, we're, I'm, I'm not talking about this from a personal perspective. We're talking about the characters in the writing. Oh, for sure. And, and I don't, I don't believe it. I, I think mm-hmm. there was, I think there are other ways, you know, it, it's not really, you know, the message you're talking about, Sharon, is bang on. And, 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 and I think that's an important one, but I, th- the, the overselling of it all, it just didn't feel earned. It felt like we have a message to get out, so we need to make sure we get this message out. But the performances and the dialogue, it was very theatrical, very stage. Uh, and and some of the directions they were going, and it was like in the middle, the whole hospital part in the middle was just like, well, we got to make sure we get this message out. And it's like, it's not it's not that the message comes out. It's how you do it. And, yeah. and you got to be very careful with that because if you take up too much screen time, you know, delivering a, a message, because it's not really, it's not really subtext anymore i mean it's it's they're they're starting to kind of bring it to your from your subconscious to your conscious mind and mm-hmm. and, and really sort of tell you hey this is what it's about which is fine but i don't know if it's i don't know if these halloween films are the right avenue for it at least so overt yeah you know? and i would i actually dave that's a really interesting theory about jamie lee curtis and like her activism stance um i hadn't even thought about that um but having said that I would actually argue that specifically in Kills, the filmmakers failed in terms of, you know, showing, you know, these three generations of women that have been affected and how it empowers them or doesn't empower them. I think that they failed on, in a realistic way, displaying, and again, like you said, I I can't speak for what trauma does to other people, you know, but I think that they kind of failed at what they said they were trying to do. Right. And, and Jamie Lee or not, like, I just, that was just really disappointing to me because like they could do better. Yeah. And I think the first film does a terrific job of that. I I think it's, it's not, it's more subtext, you know, you get it, you know, and, and you, because they're showing and not telling. Yes. And, and you can see it, you know, you can see when she comes into the, into the restaurant and she breaks down and you can see how she speaks to her daughter and you can see when her daughter sort of, you know, um, uh, uh, you know, says, gotcha, you know, and she comes out of it or whatever. I mean, despite whether it was good or bad or whatever, you know, you can certainly see what they were going for. But I, I do think that, you know, the first film was about this. Now the second film was about this. Now the third film, what I hear, I mean, 
it, it's pretty common knowledge now that Halloween Ends was su- supposed to originally going to take place on the same night. It was going to be three movies that all take place at the same night. Well, the pandemic kind of changed that, and now they had more time to think about it. And because of the whole everything going on, and you know Trump and all this kind of stuff, I don't want to say that. I don't know if that's going to get you demonetized, but anyway, uh, you, you hey. can't say the T word on our show. Okay, uh, the whole the whole you know <laughs> no, I get it. yes, you know who I'm talking about. I'm yes, talking about yes. this guy, that guy right there, Sharon and Mindy are the best. I'm oh, telling God. you, the great. Okay. Right, you're scaring me. Stop. Right. Yeah, that's a too good of an impression. <laughs> all right, you suck, Melania. Um, so, uh, but, but you know, all the stuff that goes on, right? All the stuff that's been going on in the world over the last couple of years. It is my understanding that now they've changed it, and, and it has. It's now jumping four years into the future. David Gordon Green has even said that the, the post-pandemic world and all that kind of stuff is going to play a role in Halloween Ends. And so that tells me, well, that you're now you're... And, and, and I'm not saying that the movie's not going to be good. I'm not saying it's not going to be tremendous. We could watch Halloween Ends and go, holy fuck, that was amazing, right? And we're always crossing our fingers that that's the case. And, and it's not that you can't adapt. I, I, don't want, I don't want people to get the wrong impression, but this does tell you that they're, they had something and now they've changed it. And maybe they've changed it for the better, but it does tell me that they now want to, they, they are in fact capitalizing on these current political, uh, you know, uh, things that are going on. So it, it kind of makes, you know, I'm just like, just write a good, just write right. a good story. What was the first script you wrote? Cause maybe it's better. And maybe that's what you should go with. Well, I heard Halloween ends is all about climate change and it takes place on Mars. <laughs> I think that is the case, actually. Uh, yeah. And the face of Mars is actually the face on Mars is Michael Myers. Oh, <laughs> so brilliant. Um, yeah. So so just really quickly back to the mob scene. Yes, what yes, I yes, thought yes. was going to happen mm. and I think would have been much better than what actually happened. I I. I, I wasn't into the huge mob scene, like seeing doctors and nurses in full on killing mode was like, what the fuck? Well, yeah, but I, I loved um, how Karen, her character tried to help the guy mm-hmm. and locked him in between, you know, those two doors. And there is a moment where you see Tommy Doyle. He's looking, you know, at the guy and he kind of has like a, a little glimpse of like, oh, so I thought he was going to be like, shit. This is not the guy. Mm. And he was going to try and calm people down, which, you know, wasn't working. So he would, I was picturing him like firing his gun in the air Mm. and just everyone like freezing and him being like, this is not the guy. Look what we've become. Right. And just kind of like ending all of that. And And he's still out there. So let's get the fuck out here. Yeah. Yeah. He's still out there. So let's get the fuck out there and find the real Michael Myers. But instead they had Tommy Doyle double down on his ignorance of Michael Myers and say, well, how do we know it's not him? He always wears a mask. It's like, Mm -hmm. kid, I'm sorry, but like, yeah, faces will change. Body shapes are not, it's like the exact opposite body type from Michael Myers. Like that to me was so unbelievable. I was like, okay, this, this is just, I I can't buy it. I can't buy it it at all. What did you say? You said, I didn't think that anybody would believe that, that Danny DeVito. (laughs) Danny DeVito. Well, and, and again, it's, it's, it's not that, you know, I want your audience to understand that it's not that there are political or social commentary themes. Horror has had that for decades, mm-hmm. but sometimes it's all in the execution. Exactly. And, and in Halloween kills for me and for a lot of people, it just, 
it we it the 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 and and the pacing of the film was disjointed and and it it just was everything was just the I didn't I wasn't believing what they were selling and I just want to I I don't know if you have if you are going to do this are we going to talk about the dialogue or are you you go go for it I don't really have anything written about the dialogue other than like I would love a a couple of the lines that I've mentioned where I'm just like that's just the dialogue in the hospital scene is and you know people often say well yeah but dialogue in horror movies have always been bad yes in a campy horror movie you expect campy dialogue Mm -hmm. when you are trying to present a movie as serious like halloween kills and you introduce campy dialogue it really stands out it was very theatrical the the characters were responding in ways that told me they were self-aware that they're in a halloween movie you know and and that's a problem i mean i can't tell you i mean people often refer to and rightly so how many times the you know the phrase evil dies tonight was said and Mm -hmm. it was overdone it was said just way too many times and too passionate evil dies tonight it's like gee calm that, that where is that <laughs> anger coming from and how many times somebody said the uh 40 years ago i mean it it was like you don't have to say it we know it's you can say it once but you know i think tommy said it twice cameron said it once laurie said it a couple of times um bracket said it like the, the amount of time somebody says well 40 years ago i was you know and just some of the i remember when tommy uh burst into Lori's hospital room and all of a sudden he's got like a you know an accent he's like Lori, you know 40 years ago you know you help he's like i don't know where he's from but it's like he's got this accent he's like you know you protected me so i'm gonna protect you you know <laughs> he's and, a bro and, from the streets yeah Penfield. and then and then she's like okay well tommy go and he hesitates oh it was cringe it was just i was like oh this doesn't feel this i I, you know there's no other way of saying it 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 felt like acting and and because they were overselling it you know when you have certain dialogue that is given to a to a to a uh classically trained actor like donald pleasance you know, he can make things like, I watched him for 15 years, sitting in a room, staring at a wall, you know, looking past, looking at this night, inhumanly. He can make certain things. Like, nobody talks like, I met this six-year-old child, this blank, pale, emotionally, the blank. Nobody talks like that. But he understands the nuances and, and the moments of pausing and the breathing room to kind of, you know, stretch that out to make it sound like it's really coming from, he's actually really thinking that. I don't know if there's an actor in this movie that can do that. There was some yeah. actors that were given these these kinds of speeches that I'm just like, you're not, it I, it feels And Donald like, Pleasance did that drunk. I heard he right. was drunk the entire time wow. he filmed. Well, <laughs> not, I, I don't think, I don't know if he was drunk on the first movie. He certainly was drunk on the, on the later Oh yeah, sequels. I heard the first movie. I just watched. Really? Uh, there's a oh, documentary on Netflix called "The Movies." The movies that made us. Oh okay, the maybe documentary he was. series, and they they do a Halloween one that it we watched after Kills, and yeah. they were saying that he was like, "This movie's bullshit." So he would just get drunk on set and like do his lines, but they're like, he nailed them. Oh yeah. of course, yeah, oh, if he it was did. That he was. I don't know if it was that he was drunk in every scene, but there was, I think, one in particular where there, where he was, but he probably was, you know, in other ones as well. He might yeah, I'm sure yeah. he was. But, you know, so it's, it's um, the dialogue, especially in the hospital stuff, is not all of it, but it, yeah. there's some, there, there are some performances from some of the characters that are way over the top. They're selling it too hard. 
Um, I, I don't know how much time they had or didn't have, but as a director, I would have been like, whoa, you know, I would have gone over there and said, can, can we pull that back a bit? That's just a little mm -hmm. too much. I don't think we need to go that far with it. Um, and, uh, yeah. And it just made me, you know, and I'm just, I, and, and everybody has noticed it. Yeah. I mean, Sharon, I mean, you've liked the movie more say than I do, but you noticed it. Yeah. So yeah. it's like everybody has noticed this, you know, whether you like the movie, love the movie, hate the movie, everybody's noticed this, like, boy, they're really, they're really hitting that home there with that. It seems a little like you don't need to go that far. I mean, you don't yeah. have to, very theatrical, very stage play, like very like, oh, I'm in a Halloween movie. I need to sell this. 40 years ago, I knew. It's like, to pull it back, you don't need I, to, and what, like, did what you, are you doing? What did you think of the conversations between Laurie and Hawkins? I actually, okay. that's what I wanted to get to. Um, sure. Because I really quick though, before we do, Dave, I just want to say I chickened out, but I saw on Twitter like a week or so ago, you posted something that said like, what was your favorite kill in Halloween kills? Mm, and people were commenting and I almost commented and said, uh, most female agency, specifically Lori Strode's, but then I didn't want to like bring on any fanboy <laughs> anger, but I, I have, well, I'll let you go. But okay. I, I would like to talk about that conversation. Well, here's the thing. This may surprise you, but that conversation from a purely performance standpoint was the best thing in that hospital. Hands down. Yep. Because I Will Patton, as I said at the beginning of your show today, is a terrific character actor. Jamie Lee Curtis is a terrific actress. She really is. She's good. And as you know, acting is reacting. Nine times out of 10, you are only as good as who you're playing off of. Mm -hmm. And if you, you could be a terrific actor, but if you're playing off of actors that are not that great, uh, that can affect you. I mean, you, you might be able to bring them up, of course. But when you get two actors that are, that are solid, like Will Patton and Jamie Lee Curtis, and they're able to play off each other, uh, you know, the nuance and the breathing room and the way they're talking to each other. I was like, this feels real. This feels like a real conversation that they're thinking the words themselves and they're, and they're talking about this. I, I was, I, I actually liked that. I wish we could have seen more of that. I wish the hospital would have been more centric around that and, and maybe Hawkins and Lori and maybe Hawkins and Lori both try to get up and sneak out of the hospital mm -hmm. or, or maybe, you know, because I don't know, there's just something there was, there was strength to that scene. Um, and so now, and what, what they were talking about, um, it didn't bother me. I mean, I, I guess I, I, she was, you know, obviously Lori has had a life in between 1978 and 2018 when this film also takes place. So, you know, she was just kind of, I mean that I, I sort of uh, suspected that when Frank was introduced in 18, you know, and that they, um, she didn't refer, she called him by his first name you know, not Deputy Hawkins or Hawkins. I mean, when, when Frank shows up at, at the house and Lori's there with the gun, you know, he's like, Lori, which makes sense. He would call her Lori. And then she comes around the corner. It's like, Frank, what are you doing here? Or something. It's like, well, clearly there's a relationship there. Not, necess mm -hmm. not necessarily a romantic one, mm -hmm. but clearly first name basis. She knows him, right? It's not just like, oh, oh, hi, officer. You know, it's, it's not like that. So, you know, I like that that was expanded on. It, it made sense. You know, they're like, oh, it's this. Oh, okay. You know, that made sense. So what so did it didn't you think about him saying Michael Myers isn't after you? Right. That's what I was kind of getting well, to. I like well. that. I like that because that goes back to the whole point of the reason they negated all the sequels 
in the first place. And that's not to say that Michael, when he's standing up against her, like in 18, when they're in her bedroom with all of the mannequins and whatnot, and he shoves her up against the wall and he does that little head tilt that he does or whatever, and he does that a couple of times with her. That's not to say that he doesn't recognize her. That's not to say that somewhere in his subconscious, he's not thinking, huh, interesting. You know, I think, are you, you know what I mean? Maybe, but I like that because it goes back to the whole point of what this new series was supposed to be. Negate the brother-sister arc. Michael is just, you know, you happen to just be somebody that was a long, that was just in his path. And although you've been obsessing about him for 40 years, he he's been, been locked obs- up yeah. for 40 years. He doesn't know who the fuck you are. He hasn't yeah. thought about, he hasn't thought about you in 40 years. And that, I wish that was more of the angle of this movie. Thank because you. that is something there that is like, really focus on that. Like imagine that from a character perspective. Maybe she finds that out earlier on in the film and 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 now there's this whole coming to age imagine that because it's part of her what identity exactly. and when you strip that away when you strip that away laurie he ain't after you you're taking her identity away and it makes it seem like she's wasted 40 years of her life. She could have gone off and got married and had kids and had a good, who knows, but she's been obsessed because she feels this was personal and it wasn't personal. And that's something that I think it's too bad that wasn't the crux of this movie. Of course, you have other things in there too, mm-hmm. but that really wasn't more the focus, you know, because that that is, now that's motivation for a character. Yes. A hundred percent. And I will say back to your point about the acting in that scene, Jamie Lee Curtis nailed that realization. I mean, she She was crestfallen and defeated. Um, But that, again, when that reveal came, I thought it was a really interesting idea. And like you were saying, that would have made a great movie, but it felt more like it was robbing Laurie of something and not in a character growth kind of way because we spent, again, five minutes on it and then moved right. on. Right. Well, exactly. And it, it almost felt like it was just there to remind you that, hang on a second, a few moments, you're going to see Michael take six shots to the chest. But we just want to let you know that he's still a man and that it's not personal. You know, like yeah. we have to remind you about that, you know, of this. And it, 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 it felt shoehorned in a bit. And then they kind of it, it should have been sort of part of the 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 plot part of the whole thing that's what halloween kills really should have been about was laurie and although she did discover it in this film it would have been nice maybe it's one maybe hawkins again this you know i say this you know because it's just a different creative choice maybe you know you would have had a you would have had to have start the movie differently you would have had to have written it a bit differently but maybe hawkins Hypothetically, maybe Hawkins is already at the hospital when Lori gets wheeled in. So, you know, you can start that conversation earlier. You can plant that seed earlier. So you can kind of have those moments or whatever. And, and, uh, but then again, anybody, well, you probably know this, Sharon. It's probably not realistic to have a man and a woman in the same hospital room anyway in that kind of a scenario. So, you, you know, what? it could hear. also be, it could also be, um, if, if the hospital's small enough. And it's oh, so overcrowded, overcrowded by, you know, it's for, for room, you know, just to have space to put patients. It's, it's totally feasible that you yeah. could put them together, which yeah. and I don't think there's like a hard, fast rule about like you can't. But right. yeah, I think, too, she had one of the few rooms that like had room for another person and was for relatively sure. safe. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's, a, it's a minor thing. It's a minor thing. And it's a yeah. movie. It's a minor thing. Um, but I will say that hopefully 
Halloween ends, because if you're going to go, go all the way. And if Halloween ends, hopefully Halloween ends will be all about this, all about this coming to terms with realizing that she has, it's not a nice thing to say, but you have, you've wasted the last 40 years because it, it, now there's reason for it. I mean, you, you, you're, you know, you're, you're suffering with post-traumatic stress. I mean, it's not, not, it's not, not warranted. It's not warranted. But that moment that you realize, you know, the truth of something can be, can add a whole different layer of PTSD, can mm-hmm. add a whole right. different layer of psychological trauma. I mean, she could, she's somebody that could go really down a dark path now once she realizes that, oh my God, I've just, this isn't, this isn't exactly, that's a whole different ball game right And there. when she realizes that her daughter's dead because of it. Put a right. pin in that. Um, right. The only, <laughs> the only thing that I just was just so disappointed because, um, like I hear that, yeah, maybe the next movie is going to tackle that. But I also, mm. like you were saying earlier about kind of relying on tropes and that can be lazy. I think that this movie should be able to still stand, like stand oh, on its own. Empire Strikes Back is a great movie. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You no, know, I, it also is some a big say cliff. it's the best. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a huge I cliffhanger. Do, I think it's the best. I, I think it's the best, best I do too. too. Yeah. So well, there you go. I, I, hey. <laughs> so I have a question about though this this scene uh, with them, and, and and it's probably because I'm just misremembering things or just remembering them differently, whatever. But so he reveals that Hawkins reveals that he stopped them from killing, and he that's why he believes he as the one who has to stop it. Mm-hmm. So is he saying that Michael Myers is actually after? Hawkins? No, no, he just, okay. he's just guilty. saying he feels guilty. He feels guilty, and he feels like he he's the one who needs to end it. Yeah, right. Okay, yeah, he feels responsible for right. uh, number one shooting his buddy in the neck by accident, yeah. and number two, um, not ending it when he could have. Right, and and not not um, and I don't know how I feel. I think this was a little unnecessary. Doctor Loomis standing there over Michael about to shoot him in the back of the head. It's like the cops, I mean, let's not forget that Dr. Loomis is still a civilian. Why Why are they letting this doctor on the verge of, sh- you know, shooting Michael, you know, execution style in the back of the head? It was 1978. That's true. <laughs> Things that's were true. different. That's true, small town. Um, <laughs> but Hawkins prevented him from doing that. So yeah, uh, he yeah. feels that perhaps if I had let him shoot him in the back of the head, none of this would have happened. So he does feel a, um, a responsibility there. And, and, and Will Patton plays that sympathetic character very well. And I, I wish, I, I think he should have been, maybe now we understand why he wasn't. Uh, perhaps he wasn't exactly the best shot. Um, but <laughs> I, I still think he should have been the, the chief the sheriff. I think Barker was, and this is no disrespect to the actor. We're talking about the character, which has nothing to do with him in terms of the writing. Uh, I think Barker, Sheriff Barker was a useless stooge in Halloween 18. And I think he's a useless stooge in Halloween kills. I think he's inept, incompetent, and I don't understand how he's the sheriff at all. He's way out of his league. He can't gain control over anything. Even in the first movie, he's laughing off when Hawkins says, it's Michael Myers, you know, babysitter murders 40 years ago. Hawkins is like, I'm thinking you're you're the sheriff, like to your all, you know, your point, if you're the sheriff, like you know, which way is it? Are Do people know about this or do they not know about this? And if we're supposed to take this as seriously as we do, then Barker should have been immediately, fu- because he knows Hawkins was there that night. Mm-hmm. So he should immediately take this extremely seriously. He should be like, Halloween, you know, I think he says something like, Michael Myers, what the hell are we supposed to do? 
cancel Halloween? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And walks think- away. And it's like, why are you, you either, how do you not, like that doesn't, I think Hawkins should have been the sheriff. It makes sense in terms of a, a progression. He's been on the force for 40 years. He's been the sheriff for the last, say, like 15 or something. And, um, but now maybe he wasn't because he wasn't a good shot. I don't know. Uh, but then, he, but, but, but then again, why is he still a deputy then? You know, I mean, that doesn't really make much sense either, but, um, Anyway, yeah, no, I, uh, it was a good scene. I, I, I wish there was more of that. There, there was some, str- there were pockets of moments where they nailed it, but I, I can't help but feel, I can't help but feel that there's an agenda. Now, when I say agenda, I don't mean in the political left, yeah, right, right, leaning, all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about any conspiracy theories here. I just mean that I, I think there, there clearly is an agenda in terms of the, the message that they want to convey and, I think it's it's always easier when you weave that into subtext rather than being overt in a slasher movie because especially with a movie where there's a lot going on yeah you got to spend so much time hammering that home and um, it just kind of ruined the pacing. Yeah, and the execution of how they I feel did not pull that off in kills makes me dubious about the next movie. Quite frankly, yeah, it, it, it would for a lot of people. I think, yeah. Although it could be a completely different film from either. And, <laughs> and as you said, they were doing some rewrites. So who the fuck knows? Sharon, Sharon's bang on. I mean, it, it could be a situation where, again, the tone changes. And now maybe it is more in line with Halloween 18 in terms of its tone and its execution. It's more serious, grounded. Maybe it's more of a courtroom drama or something. I don't know. Maybe, <laughs> maybe the, they no, brought just, Rob Zombie in for some rewrites. Maybe he did. I just want to know, where has Michael been for four years? You know, um, I don't want him to be caught only to escape again. Maybe yeah, he's know. caught and he's thrown into Smith's Grove Sanitarium and the whole place and then the whole film takes place there. And he 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 busts out of his uh, cell and he starts killing people in the sanitarium. And then a thunderstorm rolls on in with lightning and stuff. I'm telling you, that's what I would do. They should have consulted with you. Uh, I no, just think don't. that he's going to be hanging out in a cabin with like a six pack. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Should we discuss the final showdown? <laughs> Very nice. That's great. I love it. I love it. All right. So we have which, the by final. The way, was yes. not, which, by the way, is always mistakenly thought of to be in Rocky Four, And it was not in Rocky Four. Oh, see, countdown. I I only know it. I have not seen any of the Rocky movies. Oh, okay. I only know it from um, Arrested right. Development. It's okay, Job's theme a, song. The it's a great tune, but there's a, there's another there's another tune in Rocky Four that sounds so similar <laughs> that everybody thinks the final countdown is in Rocky. I think I think that's the way it is. I think that's the way it is. I don't think it's in there. Maybe it's the other if, way around. If you I, say so, I'll say sure because I haven't okay, seen it. All right, yeah, say sure. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but it makes sense though. No, it's a great tune. Um. All right. So we're at the the Myers house for the final showdown. Um. Honestly, I I didn't have any problems with with what went on in the house. Um, at first I was a little confused by Karen's motivations, but then once I realized that she lured Michael Myers into a trap, I was like, Oh, okay. Like that I'm down for this. Um, but then it all goes to shit. I'm like, okay, how say it, Sharon, what, say it, what the fuck is going on with Michael Myers? Like, all right, this, this just makes no sense anymore. You'll feel better when you get it out. He just, he just like, is there any, how is he going to die in the third one? He's just immortal. Like what is going to, I, I'm just, I'm kind of at a loss for words. Well, that, that, the ending 
it fell apart for me up until that point when I was like, oh yeah, they're, they're getting their revenge. They're, they're beating the shit out of them. They're, you know, getting their anger out. Um, and then it just fell apart from there. So, well, I felt, yeah, I was like, okay, way to throw in a really super clunky commentary on mob mentality. Like that did not work, but also again, like, as we keep saying, Really glad I didn't give a shit about any of those new characters earlier <laughs> because now they're all dead and it doesn't matter anyway. Yep. So unfortunate. Um, I will say really quick, I, there was an interview with Vulture.com with Judy Greer, who plays Karen, and uh, she talked about Speaking the Speaking of scene. Arrested Development. Oh, yes, because she's also an Arrested Development alum. Oh, okay, but she, cool. she talked about uh, this, the moment where she takes Michael's mask and like lures him outside with it. Mm. And, and Dave, you probably know, but the gentleman who like owns the mask and is responsible for it, yes. she was saying that like literally the second they would yell cut, like even if it was two seconds in between scenes, he would not let her hold it. And Mm. she was like, but I just want it. Can I just like put it like kind of on my face and take a salt? And he would like, she was like, he would not. He was totally serious about it. It It was probably Christopher Nelson. Yeah. Yeah. I would imagine that that would have been him. Well, it's true. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's the reason for that wouldn't be personal to uh, Judy Greer. It'd be anybody. It's because they only have a few on set. Right. So they'll have like a, what's called a hero mask, which is the one that's used, you know, in most shots, but they'll have like a stunt mask. They they probably had about, I I don't know, maybe between three and five masks maybe. Um, But if they did that, if they let everybody do that, just kind of hang on a bit, it could rip, it could tear, it could, and they don't have the time. I mean, they're in the middle of shooting, so yeah. they don't have the time to create another one. I mean, that sometimes could take weeks. Oh, so, I used to uh, be a stage manager. No eating in costume. I get that's it. That's it. That's yeah. it. That's it. It's same same thing. So yeah, no. As soon as that cut, he comes in and just goes, "Thanks, I'll just take that. Thank you." You know, <laughs> he walks away. Yeah, but but it'd be that it'd be like that for for anybody. You know, after the movie's done, she should have been like, "Can I get a selfie with that?" Then maybe he right. probably would have said yes. All right, so let's uh, let's hear your. Um I, I did my little rant. I'm sure you have something much more concrete to say. And I, I have to say, I did not listen to any of like your YouTube mm. uh, videos or anything. So I'm going to have to watch those because I, I wanted to go into this interview with you or, or this discussion with you cold. I didn't want anything you said previously cool. to like sway us either way. So Same, yeah. this is this is all new to Both me. Both of you just cleared up a little bit. You're less pixelated. It, oh. it happens occasionally. Yeah, you get a Am little I less fixed late? I'm probably still pixelated. A few times you were, then it goes oh, okay. back. Okay, then it goes back. I will say this. Are so, you really sensitive um, about your pixelatedness? <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm just generally a pixelated person. Like I said at the beginning of the show, I, I'm actually, you know, if we met in real life, you'd be like, hey, you're kind of pixelated a bit. I don't know what's going on. There. Do these pixels make me look fat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you are you like Dr. Katz, the old, that cartoon with the squiggle right. vision? Yes. That's what you're like ex- in real life? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I have a filter on right now. Yeah. Um, so I'll say this. The Yeah. The, the mob mentality was... Um, was a bit of a letdown. It, you know, it, it, <laughs> the, the, this whole beating the shit out of Michael Myers, you know, why are they all taking turns? I mean, why are they not just, you know, again, this comes back to character motivation. They should have all been attacking him at the same time. Why are you shooting him in the chest? Shoot him in the head. Um, and But then I don't know if I would have, if, if I want to preserve any sort of, essence of realism i don't i understand he was shot at the end of the first movie but that doesn't mean you have to continue to shoot him um i don't i think i would have gone away with the 
with the shooting. But then again, you would think, well, why would they show up with anything but a gun? You know, and, and this whole kind of like, so you're you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Karen, he's lying on the ground. Karen has the moment, and what does she do? She stabs him in the shoulder. Why didn't she stab him in the head? Why did she stab him in the neck? Why isn't somebody? And I hate, I know this this might be sensitive for some because I I get it. But why isn't somebody like yeah, like stabbing him in the neck and like you know trying to cut his head off or something? I mean, like why is? I mean, that's a little too too much. I get it, but but it's no. like why? Yeah, where no. is this? But if you think about it from that perspective, like where is this? Why are we just? You know, and and then of course when he gets up and he has that fight with with everybody, that was actually shot uh, on a soundstage, um, and that's why it was cut the way it was, where everybody was kind of going up to him at once, and he was taking them out in slow motion and stuff. They actually, according oh. to Christopher Nelson, who was the special effects makeup artist who probably took the mask away from Judy Greer, <laughs> uh, the other day I heard on his podcast he said that they had run out of time. The sun was coming up. We would have shot that on location in the street because we shot some of it on location in the street, as you could could see. But the moment the uh, Michael stands back up and starts to get his revenge on the mob, it's shot very differently, much more stylistically. And the reason and noticeably. Right, because they that was shot on a soundstage with black cloth all around them or whatever, with certain lights and whatnot, because that's how they had to do it. They ran out of time. And um, I didn't like the way it was shot. It was too stylized. It was too... Uh, um, slow motion. It was. It was just yeah, too stylized. I didn't. I didn't think it would. I don't know. Beating the crap out of Michael. Like again, ideas, cool ideas. Um, execution. I'm not crazy on. I, I. I. And I also again, this is a nitpick, but I also think it was unnecessary that Karen had to say "gotcha" or had yeah. to say "gotcha" mm. again. I mean, let's not forget this is the same night she just said it to him 3 hours ago. So, I don't like although it's a different movie separated by 3 years in the film, it's the same night separated by maybe a couple of hours. So, right. to say that again is just kind of strange. Uh Sheriff Brackett when he says, "Hey Michael, you know it's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare." I sat there and I thought, "Okay, <laughs> fanboy, fanboy Dave goes, Oh, that's so amazing. Because he said that in the first movie to Laurie Strodenbaum. My heart is full. My heart is warm. Writer takes over and goes, why the hell is he saying that? I mean, is that something he says every year? I mean, that was something that he said to Laurie in passing, you know, yeah. 40 years ago. I didn't get the impression that it's something he, I mean, is that his thing? Like, you know how like, you know, sometimes our fathers will have like a thing they always say and you're like, okay, dad, I get it. You know, uh, is that his thing? You know, like, does he go up to everybody all the time going, hey, hey, Carol, you know, it's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one. Cause I mean, where does this, especially since his daughter was murdered on Halloween. Right. 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 He, here you are faced with, with your daughter's killer, um, I think you would have mustered up something better than to say something you said in passing 40 years ago. I I, I don't, I mean, clear. I get it. I get it. On a, it's like, Dave, come on. It's just fan service. Yes. And maybe that's part of the problem, you know, is that it's, it's, would he say that? Would Sheriff Brackett say that? Maybe you can have, I don't even think you have to have anybody say that, you know, or, or, or maybe he says it kind of with a, a smirk to, to somebody else at the hospital or something because there was a little joke that happened between them or something. You don't need to have him say it at that moment. He would have likely have said, you know, I'm going to I'm going to fucking rip your head off, you piece of shit. Or, Absolutely. You know, this is for fucking Annie, you know, or, 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 or something like that. I know, Maybe he didn't want to swear. I don't know. But um Again, I know there are probably certain people that are listening going, yeah, but it's, but it's, but it's, but it's, but it works. It's so cool. And it's like, yeah, I get it. I totally get it on that level. Um, 
I do like the idea of him walking around town every year saying <laughs> to random people. Right. Right. Because would he even remember that? You know, no. I mean, what even, I don't he's, even know what I said to somebody three weeks gonna ago. He's going to hate Halloween forever because oh, his yeah. daughter was murdered on that day. Right. right. He's, yeah. That's and right. I'm sorry, I got to say it. And it's not just my loyalty to the actress. I thought the Karen death was bullshit, but I also felt like it was so, this is the inconsistency part. Karen throughout the 2018 film, yes, bitched about, her upbringing and how her mother's crazy and how she had to learn how to use guns as a kid and la 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 la. Right. But then we see that clearly that training and that instinct survived and was was drilled into her by Lori for a reason because of her killer move literally well, not literally, but almost I know what you mean. at the yeah. end of 2018. Yeah. So I did not First of all, it, like for throughout the whole film, all Karen was doing was like running around and squawking and yelling at people and then mm. trying to protect Lori during the mob scene. But then I just in no way believed with everything going on that she would go off by herself in this room and be vulnerable like that. And I'm not just saying this to sound like a smarty pants, but... <laughs> In that same Judy Greer interview, I did. she did say, and I did notice this at the time, that if you notice the way Karen is killed, the way, the way it's filmed, and specifically as she's like dead with her eye open, yeah. that they were intentionally doing an homage to Psycho. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, Janet Leigh is... Right. You know, yeah, puts her hands up, and it's just kind of the... Yeah, yeah. And Janet Leigh being, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis' mom, et cetera. Of course. But... J- Judy Greer's point as an actress was like, well, it's a horror movie and somebody's got to go, but I disagree. And I, well, I don't disagree, but I disagree with how they did it. And right. that's, she deserved better. They all did. And I, that's right. what made me mad. Right. Right. Okay. Now that f- I feel better now. Thank you. Dave, what did you think? <laughs> um, so yeah, Judy Greer's uh, death, Karen's death, uh, again, you know, I understand what was happening there. I think some people feel that this is cinematic language, what's what's known as cinematic language. So, so I don't now, and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I mean, maybe that you know the writers can correct me, but I don't believe for one second that Karen actually saw six-year-old Michael in the window looking down on her. That's for the audience. That's for us. Because what's happening there is that Karen looks up to the window. Now, whether I, I don't agree with this of, you know, being the ending, but what is happening? So Karen looks up to the window and she's reminded of what Hawkins was talking about in the hospital. And of course she was looking at herself in the mirror earlier, right? Almost like it was. And we know that mirrors and, you know, symbolism are windows and doorways and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Right. And, and so, you know, it, 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 I, I get it. Like it, it, it doesn't come out of nowhere in terms of her motivation, in terms of what was happening there. We, she does see that. And then she walks upstairs, um, because she's never been in the house. So I, I would assume. So she wants to go in there and kind of look out the window and kind of, you know, remember what Hawkins was saying. But again, it's, it's just the, the, the writing all around is just not strong enough for me to buy it, you know, and, and, and to believe that this character would do that. What are you? Are you a campy horror movie with cheesy dialogue or are right. you, or are you a drama with with real serious political social commentary? And I and, mean, 
maybe she went up to the room, but she would have at least had a gun or a sharp something with her or... You would think I, so. Well, somebody could say, well, but she didn't believe that... Um, she thought that Michael was dead because she stabbed him in the, in the you know, in the back or whatever. And uh, But then he suddenly shows up behind her and there's this very stylized, mm-hmm. you know, death scene and, and then she dies and then it just cuts to black. And, and yeah, I mean, again, you know, empty, empty. You know, I felt sort of empty with it. Now, the original ending uh, was supposed to be an, an extension of that, actually. So that actually isn't the original ending. I think the original ending will be on the Blu-ray, if I'm not mistaken, I think. But there was actually probably about another minute or two after that. And what it was is, um, and this is actually better, and, and I, it, it's too bad that they changed it. Uh, Lori calls Karen on her cell phone. And um, uh, Karen's cell phone, she's dead. And Karen's cell phone begins to ring or, or, you know, you know, whatever. Right. And uh, Michael picks up the phone like, he, you know, and he puts the phone to his ear and Lori's at the hospital, of course, right on a payphone, I guess, or, you know, whatever. Do they even have payphones anymore? Uh, I think she I, I actually I think it was a payphone and she's there and all she hears is Michael breathing. Oh, and of course badass. she 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 knows she just knows instinctually she knows so mm. you know that shot in the trailer Where, i never not watched the, movie. the trailer no i didn't okay. either okay we well want- there's a there's a shot in the trailer um that sh- it's towards the end of the trailer one of them i think they're in a couple of tv spots as well where it shows Lori walking down the hospital hallway with a determined look on her face and she's got the knife in her hand well that never wound up in the film because that's actually the, that's part of the original ending where Lori is like, now I'm coming for you, bitch, Mm. you know, you know, whatever. Right. And so that's where the film, and I, I think I stand to be corrected, but I think the camera tilts down and shows the knife in her hand and sort of freeze frames there cuts to black, like it freeze framed uh, in at the end of 18 on the knife in Allison's hand. Cause it's the same knife, right? I don't know why Allison still has that knife and it's not locked up in evidence, but she had it and she put it beside when you need it, mom, when you need it. Right. Remember she put it beside her bed. And it's like, what really? What the, <laughs> it's kind of strange His knife just sitting there, you know, wrapped um, up in like a flannel or something. Yeah. Yeah. So that was now again, you know, on paper, it's like, wow, I would love to see that. Maybe it wouldn't have, maybe it's not much of a difference. Maybe it would have been like, ah, that's kind of better, but maybe we would, you know, we still would have been like, nah, you know, whatever. It's, you know, it's neither well, here I, nor there. But I think I remember, um, so yeah, I didn't see the trailer, but I, I do remember reading something that mentioned this. And I think the reason why they took it out is because they didn't want audiences thinking that the movie picked up exactly where that left off because it does start right. four years later. Well, right. right. If they changed the third one to be four years later, then that maybe didn't work anymore. Yeah. yeah. And right, actually, right. Judy Greer, I'm a fan, clearly, because I was as soon as the movie yeah. ended, I Googled her and looked up all our interviews. But... Um, she, uh, I totally lost what I, my train of thought now. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's okay. It happens to me all the time. All, there's so much we're talking about and dealing with that I'm like, what's happening now? Um, it'll uh, come back to me at a random moment. It's actually the discussion that's making us pixelated, not the actual technology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Our brains it's are intense. working real hard. <laughs> that's it. That's it. All right. So did I sway anyone did anyone's mind cha- oh, i didn't sway anyone but did anyone's mind change during this discussion did anyone maybe do you do no. you still hate it as much as i hate it more you do <laughs> well i actually that's what i was gonna say is that the ending that dave just described i 
that would have been badass. And that would have changed it for me, I think, at least a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I still don't like the film, um, but I do. I am looking at it and thinking about it differently, having had this conversation with both of you. I think I like it a little bit less after this conversation. Um, I still think it was a lot of fun. I still like it's, it's, you know, sitting in the seats. And as soon as you hear the the opening theme song and the the pumpkins on the screen, I was so in it. And I was just like, I'm just going to enjoy it. I had zero expectations. Um, I I know a lot of the things we talked about with, you know, the 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 legacy cast and everything just being kind of like eh, awkward and weird. And but I still I still enjoyed it and thought it was fun. Um, And yeah, I I I will. probably have my opinion change again once ends comes out and I can, you know, look at the whole thing as a, uh, complete, complete film. Quadrilogy. 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 Oh yeah. I guess if you're considering. Do we know, are they going to go on and is this now a new franchise? I hope not. I kind of am getting that (laughs) impression. I mean, you know, if the box office, it's all to do with the box office. Right. And, uh, I hope not. I hope Halloween ends is the end. Um, my opinion hasn't hasn't changed. <laughs> you know, I, I still feel the same way I do uh, about it. I don't hate the movie. You know, I don't. I mean, it's it's. But but I but I certainly, I think I think why there are some people out there that really loathe it uh, is because they had a certain expect. I think the you know it was delayed a year, so there was an extra year of hype. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of there was a lot of expectations around it, and I didn't want to jump on that bandwagon. I wanted to go in and just sort of kind of temper my expectations. And I I can definitely enjoy watching it, but it's it's disappointing to me that you have. And again, listen, as I've said many times, making movies is really really hard. I've never made a Hollywood film. I've never had a budget that's, you know, I think it was 20 million they had. I mean, that'd be great. Um, but certainly the principle of, of making movies, uh, professionally, which I've done, uh, is, is extraordinarily difficult. Everything has to be firing on all cylinders. When it comes to it's me, Billy, we didn't have a studio breathing down our neck. We were able to make creative decisions on our own without somebody saying, uh, you can't do that. You know what I mean? So I can only imagine what it's like. And certainly I, I believe that even for David Gordon Green and Danny McBride, because in some of the interviews that I've read with them and some of the things that they've said, you know, you can kind of read between the lines. Yeah, there, there's some things that, that they are, you know, maybe wanted to do that they couldn't do. Interesting. Um, but that being said, you know, it's it's a movie that is just missed opportunities again. Yes. You know, you you did this well, and if it's just kills and kill, if, I mean, again, you know, again, I, I yeah, but it's Halloween kills. That's what you know. That's what it is. Well, then just that. Then then don't try to make it more than what it is. Don't try to be over political. Don't try to have this this real drama narrative to it, because you won't be able to. It's not. You know, you don't, it, it's like it doesn't know what, what movie it wants to be. Exactly. You know, and, and I, I can't take you seriously and then laugh hysterically at the next minute. I mean, I can't, you know, like in Friday the 13th part four, you know, there's that line where, you know, the, uh, they're always referring to Crispin Glover's 
Is that his name? Yeah, I think it's yeah. his name. Yeah. Yeah. His character is a dead fuck, right? You know, and it's kind of funny, you know, but it's, but the rest, but the whole movie's like that. The whole movie is campy and it doesn't take itself seriously. You know, I can't have these, you know, overly, this sensational stuff in with uh, something that's trying to be, I think it, I just didn't think it didn't know what it, it didn't know what it wanted to be. I think yeah. that's and, where um, uh, Rob Zombie was successful. He was a fan of the original. He made his own version. He didn't try and make it anything but his vision. Listen, let me tell you this. I am not a fan of Rob Zombie's two Halloween films. I do not like those movies. However, you have to give credit where credit is due. He made them his own. Yes. And it does. Yeah, yeah, I know. The, the mask and the horse and the, the thing and the unicorn and whatever. <laughs> I, I get all that. I, I get it. It's not for me. And the, I'm going to crawl over there and skull. Fuck you, bitch. And all, I get all that. I get all that. It's like, what the hell am I watching here? <laughs> but, you know, it's his own. It, it, th there were no pacing issues. There right. were no, uh, uh, you know, writing issues in terms of in its own universe. It's not like it was trying to be this movie one minute, that movie the next. This movie uh -huh. one minute, that movie the next. It was consistent the way through. And you got to give credit where credit is due. You know, uh, both Rob Zombie's films are better made movies structurally, script-wise, pacing-wise, than Halloween Kills. I'd agree. I know Sharon might be on the fence that about that. That warms my heart a little bit to hear you say that because I know you don't like those movies. So. Oh, I don't. But, uh, yeah. but again, I'm not talking about it from like a story perspective oh, yeah, or yeah. a creative decision. I I, I'm like, I no, th that's not my Michael Myers. I don't, yeah. don't want to, I don't, th I think it's completely unnecessary to have his backstory and to be so vulgar sure. with it and to, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, that's not, I think, I think it's garbage. I don't, I don't, you know, I don't like that. But structurally, they're consistent, you know, and, and, and <laughs> with, with, kills it's it's not i mean yeah. kills is more in line with my type of michael but it's just i mean yeah 18 sure, sure. a better movie in in my opinion yeah i, I would agree and and pick maybe five things and go with it <laughs> as opposed to trying to jam pack every single event into like a two-hour movie yeah I agree. It's too bad. It's too bad because there was some good there like i said yeah. that first 15 minutes was like ooh. This is interesting. You got I Hawk know, and then. survived and, and then we get the flashback and Michael looked good and that Loomis shit. Holy fuck, that was great. And then the dog and then, you know, and then the way he comes out of the cabinet and attacks, what's his face there and the stuff. And it's like, this is really interesting. And then, it, and even the firefighter moment, it's like, oh, this, is, mm -hmm. this is really good. It's the hospital stuff. Yeah. It should have been a short. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In my opinion. But, you know. All right. Well, Dave, thank you so much for coming on the show and talking with us again. Um, pleasure as always. And you know, we'll, we'll probably do this after Halloween ends because for sure. I love you guys. I think yeah. this is great. Thank you for having me on. I love chatting anything you want to chat about. I'm here. And please, um, let our listeners know, um, where they can watch it to me, Billy also where they can find you on social media and YouTube, anything else you want to say or promote, feel free. Uh, well, you can find me on YouTube at just Dave McRae. McRae is M-C-R-A-E. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at The Voice Man. Man has two N's, so at The Voice Man. Uh, Instagram, it's just Dave McRae 79. And Facebook, or I guess we should call it Meta now. Uh, oh Facebook God, is don't called. Even start. Uh, I know, I know, I know. You can take that out, Spencer. Uh, <laughs> nope. <laughs> Facebook, Facebook is uh, Facebook is many things, Dave McRae. 
And then uh, It's Me Billy, you can find on YouTube and Vimeo. If you're going to watch It's Me Billy on like a big screen, like your TV or a projection screen or something like that, we recommend Vimeo just because uh, the compression is better there. But if you're watching it on like your phone or your tablet or whatever, you can watch it on YouTube. It's Me Billy. It should be the first thing that pops up, I think. Um, And things coming up. Uh, there are there is a thing a thing that I'm working on with Bruce, but uh, we can't talk about it yet. Okay. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be anxiously awaiting, awaiting news, and mm-hmm. yeah, we'll maybe we'll just start picking random movies and be like, "Hey, Dave, let's schedule a monthly conversation about movies like this movie, or what? Pick a different one every month." There's a thing. yeah. Be fun. I'm totally down. Let me know. Awesome. But I'm not kidding about wanting a whole reenactment of the original <laughs> Halloween with you doing all the voices. It would be an oh audio drama. Oh my God, can you imagine? Can you imagine? Yes, that's why we want it. Yeah. <laughs> People have asked me though uh, to do things like that. And I'm like, oh my God, that's a lot of work. It's a lot <laughs> no. of work. It'd be fun. It would be fun. You have one year until next Halloween to that's do true. it. That's true. You know what? And you can download the script. Like you just... Google Halloween 78 script or whatever, and it pops up. Like you can, you can totally do it. I could just read from the script. So. Yeah, just just do a, a couple lines at a time. Just edit it all together. I was yeah. gonna say though, do you need to read from the script though? Oh, well, probably not. Which is not. I'm not. That's hang not on a, a sec. N- What's the first line? Hang on. We are alone, aren't we? Mm, Michael's around someplace. <laughs> <laughs> Take that thing off. Let's go upstairs. Okay. I believe those are the first lines in the film. Wow. Okay, mistaken. you know what? This has to happen. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> that was awesome. Can we start a Kickstarter? That's awesome. I think so. I think so. The one minute man comes down the stairs and he's gone. A <laughs> <laughs> one minute man. I don't even think it was a minute. It's pretty quick. But I love how he's like, you going to call me tomorrow? Yeah. You promise? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He didn't give a shit. He didn't give a shit. Not at all. Somebody asked me too a while ago, do you think they should bring back him? I'm like, he didn't care. He didn't even care about Judith. He didn't even give no. a shit. So I didn't care no. about him. Like, right. No, yeah. exactly. Who did? I, I was I was upset that he didn't get killed too. Yeah, it's too bad. All right. Well, thank you all for listening to us. We will include the links to Dave's websites and also the links for where you can watch It's Me, Billy in our episode description. You can always write to us at horrorstalkhorror at gmail.com with anything you want to share with us. Let us know your thoughts on Halloween Kills, whether you liked it, disliked it. You can also share any ghost stories, true crime stories, creepy stories, UFO stories, whatever you would like us to read on our show. Please do subscribe to us, rate and review us on your streaming platform of choice. It does help us get more exposure and kind of pushes us up in the in the numbers there so we can keep the show going and we like doing that. Uh, if you're able to, please join our Patreon so you can get early access to episodes, see exclusive posts, and maybe even get some cool, fun stuff in the snail mail. Please be kind to each other out there. No mob mentality crazy... <laughs> Uh, Even if it's Mike Myers, no, not appropriate. Um, But really, be safe. uh, And as always, thanks thanks for getting getting creepy with us. Sharon, you want a beer? Uh, Oh, my God.